This episode is brought to you by Challengers Comics and Conversation. Go to challengerscomics.com and start the conversation now. Daniel's Law LLC in Georgia. Visit dlawllc.com. Kerberos Productions. The minds behind the games enter the pit and kaiju a go-go. Search for Kerberos, K-E-R-B-E-R-O-S, on Steam, or go to kerberos-productions.com to check out their growing catalog of titles. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Crossrip. Today is April 18th, 2016. We have an incredibly packed episode for you this week, so much so that we have to make it two hours long because we have so much stuff on Ghostbusters 2016. We have so much stuff on merchandise. We have so much stuff in general that it's not even funny. So sit back. we got two hours of Crossrip goodness coming your way right now. Still playing with Toys.net presents the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. So great. News, interviews, and commentary on everything oh, Ghostbusters. Are you the key man? Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. You know what's funny is about Monday, I'm like, what are we going to talk about on the show this week? I don't, and then between Monday yesterday and today now we have about three shows worth of stuff so yeah. i don't i just stopped worrying about it because like i said it kind of proved out fairly quickly that there's always going to be something there's to talk always about. something to talk about there's always something so you and i always kicked around that all right i'm gonna try to get introduced where we can and you know if things are slow we'll go talk to fans there's no time <laughs> there's no, there's time, no time to talk to there's fans. no time all the more reason that you guys need to call into that voicemail so we can get your voices heard uh, i really appreciate you guys doing that um and a and reminder that if you uh, are abroad and the calling in uh, is a little too pricey a little too expensive um yeah record some audio and just email record it, it send it in send email it to in. us Send send one of those voice messages on uh, Facebook or something. You know that that anything audio will work. We <laughs> that's right. Send us There's some beeps and boops and we got of, it. Millions of ways to do it. Yeah, we'll so take, we'll take any of it. Let's. Uh, so Chris, for for people that may be listening for the first time, welcome to everybody. Um, my name's oh. Troy Benjamin. This is Hi, Chris Troy. Stewart. How you Bye. guys doing? Uh, but yeah, I mean. For those of you that are just jumping on the bandwagon, I've, I've seen a lot of you on, on Facebook and Twitter saying, yeah, I just caught on to the, the podcast. I'm catching up. I'm on episode, you know, 110. We just had somebody reach out and say that they read or they read. They listened to the Dan Amrick <laughs> uh, interview and they were like, this is great. You guys are talking about guitars and you're breaking it down. And hey, that's that's what we're here to do for you guys. So yeah, glad glad to hear that people are jumping on the, the quote unquote bandwagon. We're glad to have you here. And you're coming on at a really good time, guys. This is there were some dark times. Uh, God, even just a few years ago, not not that long ago, where we we would have had nothing to talk about, and now we have too much to talk about. Yeah, way too I've, much. If I was a, if it was a younger me, I'd actually plot it all out like a a weekly how many Ghostbusters related things came up, and then I'd draw a chart, and it would depress people. Yeah, well, it's, no, it was actually, like a flatline. I mean, it literally would have looked like a flatline. I mean, comparatively speaking to what we're getting now in terms of news and things that are notable and conversation points, and there was not yeah, a lot. Not a no. lot. Well, I mean, Proton Charging launched uh, on the back of an article about the opening uh, pages of Douglas Copeland's Microsurfs, in which a bunch of the, uh, the what were they, Gen Xers, I guess? God, that book's old. I'm old. <laughs> I said I quit. 
Um, a bunch of them are at a garage sale, and one of them finds a real Ghostbusters uh, McDonald's toy. Oh, that was it. Oh, that's right. I remember that. Was it that. for Ghostbusters? Unbelievable. The, f- the following week, I wrote an article about my uh, Sony 90-minute uh, cassette tape that I had the movie taped onto, just that's so I can listen so to it wherever I, mean, I go. That that's a really that's a great sort of because okay, I I totally forgot about that for one. Um, but yeah, I mean, the news back then was. Hey, there's a photo in the Sony magazine that I've never seen before. And that, I mean, that was a news item. That was you know, a news now item. look at the news. Okay, because let's yeah. run down it. We've got, we've got interviews at CinemaCon. We've got the Today Show. We've got video games. We've got merchandise. We've got board games. We've got, right now, this is, this is an explosion. I keep saying it. It's an embarrassment of riches because this is more than we've seen in years, years. Yeah, this is, like I said, if I had mapped it out, we would have in a single month more news than some years had in 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 the past which is kind of hard then to, to why people shouldn't be so celebrating more because it's exactly what a lot of us thought right like it or lump it uh the juggernaut is moving forward and it's going to generate a whole bunch of stuff classic and new yeah i mean that's and like yeah like it or working, lump it is a good way to say it it's working <laughs> you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna buy the Ghostbusters themed board game and you're gonna like it <laughs> and you will like it well so what we like to do here on the cross rip on our flagship show is you and I we, we we chat a little bit at the top and then we get into the news and then we play a couple of voicemails and boy we we've got you're a lot all to chirpy do. and young and I talk about how old I am <laughs> get off my lawn <laughs> yeah so uh, so without any further delay let's let's jump into the news because oh, there's two pages worth of it so here we go with some news everybody <sighs> jump, jump. <laughs> Egon, Peter, I have some news from the world of Zoza. Now, well, here's your next month's cover of GQ. All right, so for those of you who are not familiar with CinemaCon, uh, this is something that popped up, oh, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. It's an exhibitor's. Uh, conference in Las Vegas. It's a really good excuse for all of the people that own the movie theater chains to go to Las Vegas, get a little rowdy, <laughs> spend a little cash on some blackjack tables, and then where you should, know where should we have the adult adult video awards? <laughs> Vegas, that makes sense. Yep, where Vegas. should we have the consumer electronics show? Yeah, Vegas. Vegas, yeah, I, you got to. I mean, it's uh, where should we have the Book Lovers of America uh, conference? <laughs> Vegas. Vegas, and it's all tax deductible. Um, but uh, so CinemaCon, yeah. So all of the studios, they put on a big dog and pony show. They show off all of the movies that the theater exhibitors should be excited for. It's also turned into a big press event, a lot like the San Diego Comic-Con. So you'll see a lot of the movie bloggers be, uh, you know, they're invited and they get to do some reporting on it. And they show off new clips and they do Q&As and they have these yeah. big press roundtables and so it's, it, it really ends up being a big to-do. It ends up being right before the NAB, which is the big audio you know, technology convention. So back, <laughs> where, back to where back should we, tax write-offs. Where should we have the audio technology <laughs> conference? Vegas. Vegas. Yeah, Vegas. So at any rate, Sony did their big event. Uh, as you are listening to this about a week ago, but as we're recording this two days ago, and, uh, you know, they, they showed off little things like Spider-Man. They announced little things like a Charlie's Angels reboot. They announced um, a, a whole bunch of things. And you would think that of, of all of the big flagship tentpole titles that Sony was going to show off, 
Ghostbusters would have been maybe sandwiched in the middle of that. You know, Spider-Man would have been the big... They announced this Spider-Man Homecoming. It's their first Sony movie that's going to be tied into the Marvel Universe. It's a huge deal. That was a little blip on their radar. What they yeah. really closed out this show with, and and it was evident from the red carpet, which had the No Ghost logo uh, out in full <laughs> force. I mean, literally to the point where the red carpet was the No Ghost logo. Ghostbusters was their marquee. Um, yeah. They are they are supporting this movie one hundred and fifty percent. It's ridiculous. When you get a carpet w- woven, you know you're there's there's a lot of thought and forethought even put into God. Uh, it's I mean into the whole matter. I'm sure that carpet's going to be making the round. That'll be at the the premiere event, which you know yeah. uh, it'll be out, and then hopefully maybe it ends up in my living room. Huh? Just throwing <laughs> that out there. What I recall from the ghost core office i think it fits perfectly yeah it right, may be, right in front of their front desk unfortunately <laughs> it may be multi-purpose it'll go right in front yeah. of their front desk but oh well uh wishful thinking but but anyway so uh tom rothman uh president of production of sony pictures he's up there he's doing his speech he's giving everybody a, a good glimpse of what's coming he's All backhanding sudden, netflix he's backhanding oh, moving on oh but their <laughs> stock is rising so don't worry everything's okay everything's okay uh but I, at the in at the tail end of his presentation, the lights go out, green floodlights come on. There's ghostly sounds. All of a sudden, there's this bit. I mean, it, they made a huge production of it. And the four Ghostbusters, the four leads, Leslie Jones and Kate McKinnon, and that, all four of them, they all come out with Paul Feig, and they do this whole spiel. They do a little bit of playing to the crowd. They show off a scene. I don't think we'll talk about the scene, Chris, because it's one of those spoilers that we've been really trying hard to avoid. Yeah, it sounded like they showed three, two which were extensions of stuff that we've seen before, heard like in the trailers, and then one which was a new one. And yeah, it's under, it's under our moratorium. It's under our moratorium. But uh, you know, there were there were some. Uh, it was like a, a a sizzle, like trailery thing that they showed some yeah. some glimpses of things that we haven't seen before. Um, the response that I saw on Twitter, especially from the movie bloggers, you know, it was it was about the same that we usually get. A lot of people said, "Yeah, it looks looks really fun." Some people said, "Look, if the trailer didn't sell you, this didn't sell me." Um, so you know, I'm still keeping my expectations in check. Um, but you know, good good at their showing off uh, some footage and that there's uh, this yeah. uh, this support coming from the studio. It seems like they're pretty bullish about the movie. Yeah, again, like you pointed out, when you've got a Spider-Man, and now we know parts of the the, the Spider-Man deal, by the way. Can we true, have yes, Spider-Man for Civil War? Can we have the rest of the universe in our next Spider-Man movie? <laughs> deal! Okay. Um, yeah. When you have that, but you're throwing behind Ghostbusters, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, big... Yeah, actually, one of the interesting things about the bloggers was, uh, since they got to see clips that were rather than the fast cuts and snippets in the trailer, they got a bit more context for the stuff that they saw. Right. And right. Um, a couple of them even pointed out like what we and I posited, which was this may not be targeted at certain classic sensibilities. Like if you're looking for 1984 Ghostbusters or even 1989 Ghostbusters, comedy-wise, um, this one falls squarely in kind of the more modern Right, right. Uh, comedy, which, you know, not everybody digs, and that's, you know, to be expected. But uh, quite a few of them pointed out that, you know, a 12-year-old 
probably dig the hell out of this. And yeah, kinda like, yeah. Yeah, kind of like us when we saw the original movie. So That's kind of the point. They got to hook the kids now. They got to get the yeah. next generation in. So, and, and, you know, the other thing that I've noticed, too, I don't know about... Uh, up there in Canada, but we're getting a lot of ads for The Boss, the the new Melissa McCarthy movie that just came out. And the, man, those TV spots, it's the same thing. It's sort of the, whatever the quick joke is that they can get in there within the 30 second TV spot. And it reminds me a lot of when I saw the commercials for Spy. I'm like, I don't know about this movie, but after seeing Spy, after seeing The Heat, it was the same thing. It's within some context and you see what the jokes were that in uh, that were in those TV spots. Uh, the movie itself is completely different, totally what not we were expecting. So, so maybe you know a little bit of context, some breathing room for some of these jokes. Uh, you know, might might help it a little bit. So uh, at any rate, I'm kind of again, I'm wishing that we would get to see these, but then there's a part of me that I don't want to. I don't want to see this until July. So yeah, I have a. F- friend uh, uh, really loves comic book movies really loves comics so he's always interested in all the comic movies as i am am i but again since i have this barometer that of highlander 2 that allows me to um uh go in and see movies and regardless <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with it or stuff that i've seen isn't really a spoil like all this stuff yeah he's like i was like did you see the new suicide squad trailer and he's kind of like no it's too close i've stopped watching yeah stuff. like yeah. and that's his thing he's like no I've, i'm cutting myself off now i'm like that's exactly what it's we were talking about yeah i mean look at batman versus superman the two of the trailers that came out literally within weeks of the movie's release gave away the entire film. So I think yeah. it's good that you kind of stick your head in the sand and pretend like stuff doesn't exist anymore. Um, but well, yeah, for those anybody new tuning in, uh, you'll hit the episode sooner or later. But uh, Todd and I have made loose agreements that we're probably going to disappear about a week and a half before the new movie. Yeah, yeah, just sort of radio silence. But yeah, enter, um, enter the Faraday cage and. Uh, <laughs> Well, so speaking of that uh, woven no ghost carpet, you know, uh, no no big event like this would be um, anything Hollywood without a red carpet event with all of the press and all of the paparazzi out taking pictures. But there were some good things that were said on the red carpet that uh, we have a few sound bites here from Paul Feig and the cast. So here's here's a few of the highlights from their stop and talks on the red carpet. We are at CinemaCon, Uh, we are in Las Vegas as far as I can tell, and we're here to announce to the world that uh, Ghostbusters are coming. (laughs) Fans, you're going to love this movie because you've got four amazing people in the leads, and you've got Chris Hemsworth thrown into the mix too, and uh, very funny, lots of scares, but but really good-natured scares and really fun. It's it's really good for the whole family, and uh, but but at the same time, it's it's edgy enough to uh, to make everybody happy. I think everybody's gonna love this story because we loved all the original stories, and it's coming from a place of love, and it's being updated with a great eye from Paul Feig, and and I mean, I the reason I was so excited to do it is I get to work with Paul Feig and these three lovely fantastically cool mm. funny ladies i mean it you yeah. take it <laughs> you got action you got constant laughter you got jumpsuits you got great ghosts and uh what else There's cool machines, mm-hmm. machines gadgets he's a tyrant <laughs> the is a worst tyrant. person i have ever Stands worked in with makes me dance oh, 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 oh my god oh. paul is uh 
He's a dream. Sweet. He's awesome. Yeah. He's the ultimate gentleman. Yes. It's the greatest idea for a comedy ever. I saw this movie the opening weekend when it first first came out, and was just blown away by how funny it was, what a great concept it is. You know, the idea of funny people fighting the paranormal with technology is just an amazing idea. But what it really boiled down to why that movie worked so well is the chemistry before between those four Ghostbusters. And uh, when Ivan and Amy approached me about doing this and taking it on, that was the first thing I thought is like, how can I get that great of a group? And the first thing I thought was, I gotta go to the funny women I know. Well, I mean, it's Ghostbusters, so first of all, you got to see ghosts, but you have to be laughing a lot. And uh, so we really wanted to bring bring the scares, bring the ghosts, but really bring the comedy and bring the camaraderie, because that that that, that to me is what Ghostbusters was. It was the interac interaction between these characters, the chemistry between these characters, the underdog quality that they had, and really just um, the fun that they brought to, to a scary event. You know, I loved movies when I was a kid, like, you know, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein or whatever. And that's, to me, this was always sort of the modern day version of that. A fun people in peril getting to uh, prove themselves and be underdogs be heroes at the same time. This morning on Today's Take, who are you going to call? Al Roker. Al visits the set of the new Ghostbusters movie. From NBC News, this is Today's Take with Al Roker, Natalie Morales, Willie Geist, and Tamron Hall. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Welcome to today. It's Thursday morning, April 14th, 2016. Believe it or not, it's been more than 30 years since a little movie, not so little, by the name of Ghostbusters was released. So when Al found out a new one was in the works, you're pretty much sure, you know, his head exploded. But then uh, we it, came it, back it, together. It actually did. <laughs> uh, but uh, I actually got the set, uh, chance to visit the set of the all-new Ghostbusters. Somehow managed to keep my cool, not really, and not cross oh, the street. Yeah. Never, Never cross, cross the street. The stream. In 1984, Ghostbusters, a blockbuster hit, was born out of the minds of Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis. We came, we saw, we kicked it. With just the right combination of comedy and cheesy special effects, there's something you don't see every day. It has stood the test of time. While now, a new all-female-led cast starring Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon, and Leslie Jones Ow! will take the reins, ushering the franchise into the 21st century. <laughs> uh, you didn't disclose that the vehicle was going to be a hearse. It's a Cadillac! I have a sense that this has been a very tense set. Awful. Uh, tense. Awful. Yeah. None of us direct eye contact. That was our one. Uh -huh. We contractually don't look at each other. There's been a lot of uh, physical violence that we'll probably read about later. I've slapped at least three people. Really? <laughs> and they weren't even on the set. You know me. I like you. I like you. <laughs> I like that you know me like that. I do. Before you got this, were you fans of this movie? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Of course. I've we're comedians. Yeah. So who wouldn't, I mean, this is like the biggest comedy of all time. I mean, and I had just watched it for the first time with my girls. And so, I mean, it's just kind of all surreal that now we're getting to do it. So pretty amazing. This fab four of comedic talent proves how great they can be on and off screen. These are very fashionable jumpsuits. I, I mean, they've got pockets and they've got a thing going on. And... <laughs> Hey, You've got pockets with things mm -hmm. hidden. When you're done with this movie, will you just walk around wearing jumpsuits now from now on? Oh, yes. yeah. I already do. Especially I always wear the costumes yeah. from the movies I do after <laughs> in public. 
I literally sleep in this. Do you? You're part of this movie that ostensibly could be a touchstone for a generation. And isn't that kind of heavy? I wasn't thinking that before, but uh, now I think I'm freaking out. Yeah, a lot's been made. This is an all-female cast, or a mostly female cast. Does that bother you that people make a big deal about it? Is it, is it a, you're shaking your head yes, though. Yeah, I just think, you know, get over it. Like women, I mean, we're doing everything. Why wouldn't we be able to bust ghosts? I think a lot of people are excited about it, though. I think it's cool. It's like if you're going to redo something this kind of iconic, I love that it's different. Especially with act, so much action. Yeah, it's so fun for us mm -hmm. to be able to do this. And a couple of you worked with Paul Feig before. And action. Paul Feig has directed several female-driven comedies. <laughs> including the incredibly successful Bridesmaids that starred oh Melissa God. McCarthy and Kristen Wiig. Not the bathroom. Everybody, go outside! What's it been like working with Paul, who seems to get working with female comedians? Yeah, he absolutely does. Absolutely does. <laughs> he is such a gentleman. He is. I love him. Yeah, what I want for Christmas is for him to carry me around for the rest of my life. Really? <laughs> I feel so much... <laughs> Safer, yeah, yeah in, in his arms, and uh, I'd like that to continue. You have become this director who's known for working with strong female casts. Yeah, um, I mean, I always love funny women, and, and I, growing up, I was an only child and had a lot of bullies, and uh, I, all the, the male humor was always very lots of punching and mm -hmm. you know insulting, and so I'd always kind of run over to, to the, the girls, and we'd all have fun making each other laugh, and I just found there was a different type of comedy that women seemed to have. It was a little more fun and kind of supportive and just goofy. What's the relationship with the cast? Tell me about their chemistry. They just get along like a house on fire. There's a generosity in that where they want the other person to look good, and so they're happy to set the other one up to get a laugh. And it's that way offset, too. I mean, they just are joking and laughing the whole time. It's like, it's like sometimes it's like, all right, come over here, do that in front of the camera. After some time with Paul and the cast, I needed to get over to the set fast. All right, I gotta go bust some ghosts. Let's see if they left the keys in this. <laughs> oh, yeah! I'm gonna run some red lights! You think they notice if I borrowed this a while? <laughs> Paul showed me the ropes of directing a cast of thousands. Here's a secret. Yes. You don't yell action, you go and action. So, so you the give people, them a chance. Exactly. They you wind up and then you go. Okay. So let's see it. Let's see what you got. And action! Oh, oh my god. Al, what have you. Those those aren't actors. Oh, oh. They you, just, you, you just made the crew fight. Oh, I hate when that happens. Oh, well, what are you going to do? While Paul sorted out whatever damage I just caused, I slung on a spare proton pack and headed into action. I'm ready. This is it. I'm going to bust me some ghosts. Ah, there you are. Ha, come on. That's nasty. Okay, so that was Al Roker on the Today Show, Chris. This the segment that we've been waiting for for like what six months? When when did he tweet that out? And then we all said, "Oh my God, this looks great!" And then there was like radio silence. That was a long time ago, right? Yeah, uh, it was towards the end of was, production. I thought, it, yeah, because they had moved to the. And we saw, saw it in the clips uh, with the green screen backgrounds. They had moved to that uh, old base 
that they were shooting on. Yeah, the like airport or whatever it was in Boston that they've converted into a movie studio. Yeah, the the big effect shots uh, were done on the base, and that was the last month or something like that of production. So that would put it at late September, I think. Yeah, so this it was a while ago. A while ago, and so um, I mean, I, I think. All right, so we have to put some stuff into context. Uh, so let's yeah. let's kind of break this down. Uh, f- first, overall impressions of this segment. Uh, it reminded me of the. Uh, if you go on YouTube, I I think it's Spook Central. One of the guys they have the actual the Entertainment Tonight set visits from '84 and '89 for the first two movies and. Just, yeah. just the the demeanor of the cast trying to, you know, on the fly come up with these jokes and kind of give the smart alecky remarks. It really had that vibe to me. Al Roker's asking a stupid question, he gets it right back. They just like lob it right yeah. back at him. It's it's pretty. Let's be honest. It's pretty lightweight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, it's a morning show actually, and it's a set visit. You know, well, fl- fluffy is a better way to put it. Yeah, yeah. it's it was fun. Uh, like. I, I wasn't expecting them to dig down too deep or anything like that. No, no. I mean, I did expect, and you know, maybe uh, we we talked about it before we started recording uh, this episode. But you know, maybe part of it is is the time period in which this was filmed because now it's not timely anymore. There are issues that he's wanting to bring up that you know we've kind of beat like a dead horse. Everybody knows these things, and then you look at the like because in the first segment, his line of questioning was you know, the pressure and being an all female cast and then asking Paul Feig about, you know, being associated with female comedians. And it's all this stuff that now we've heard a million times to the point where now it just sort of seems like it's old hat kind of. Yeah. And given the timing, he probably would have been pretty fresh if they had run it back then. But, you know, I guess they had an arrangement with Sony to hang on. Yeah. And now it's, yeah. So, and actually now if people, I, I don't think, people tend to think in these terms like i don't know how many people would remember the how long ago this was shot it almost comes off kind of i don't know not insulting i'm trying to figure out what the word is it, it did it left a bad taste in my mouth yeah, Disappointing. Bad t- yeah exactly it's like kinda... the graphics the lower thirds say it's ladies night on the ghostbuster yeah. set like what are you guys doing come on <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well. But then, the, well, anyways. there's there's also shades too of you know Leslie Jones, whatever that was about a month, month and a half ago when she did her on Twitter, just started like finally somebody was the the straw that broke the camel's back, and she was like, look, here's the deal: we are all Ghostbusters. I don't care if I'm a guy, a girl, if I'm polka dotted, it doesn't matter. In this interview, you kind of get the the first shades of that because she shakes yeah. her head and she goes we're all ghostbusters. Like, what does it matter? You know? Um, so you can, she's already formulating that tweet that we saw about a month ago in her head. Yeah. The, the head of steam she was building up to, uh, began right there. Yeah, exactly. But I, uh, no, some of it was okay though. Actually, what I really liked was the, anything involving, uh, the shooting shots yes, that we saw. Yes. Both, while rolling and not, because we saw a bit of both. Yeah, them kind of goofing off in between takes and, and a little yeah, bit of that downtime. Really, and We talked about this before, right? Like, oh, they always say they're friends when they're shooting. Well, I think, you know, this kind of proves the point. They did get along pretty well <laughs> yeah, on they, the set. Leslie Jones only had to slap three people, and none of them were associated <laughs> with the movie. Uh, no, little dances between takes. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and I mean, okay, so you bring up, that's what I was pouring over because, you know, having sort of seen how the sausage is made, these, these packages where they get the B roll, um, man, that is meticulous. They probably got, they probably used every shot of B roll behind the scenes footage that they received from the studio because, you know, that that's something that they parse out very deliberately. And what you're saying is you went into Cinefex mode like I did. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cinefix mode on. Cinefix mode on. So, you know, they've got the proton packs that have the interactive lighting on the barrels so that you're seeing the light, you know, reflecting in their face and it's interacting with the environment around them, which it makes sense. They've got these proton beams. It's going to be lighting stuff up. I had a huge step up from the queuing one that they used in the first movie, right? The first movie, they had a little light at the tip of the barrel, which wasn't really for an effect or anything. It was literally just to to time it for the effects guys. Yeah, so the animators knew when to put the stream on when they were hand painting the the cell animation yeah, on top of it. Yeah, this one was yeah, this one was about yeah. Yeah, the, so <laughs> coloring the environment. Well, and speaking of Cinefix mode, so okay, so they've got that for for lighting reference and, you know, for for atmosphere, but the other thing yeah. that I thought was cool was they're in the Mercado um, and there's, there's like a neon projector of a ghost. Did you catch that? Like they're firing at this thing that they're also firing the interactive lighting onto the walls. So if it's a, if say it's Slimer, it's a green neon light that they're tracking across the wall as if that's where the ghost is going to be. So he's laser. That, were they, were they chasing a laser? Like a bunch of ghostbusting cats? Yeah, exactly. They're a bunch of ghostbusting <laughs> cats. I, I mean, I, Not I don't bad. That's yeah. actually a really innovative step up from the follow the tennis ball. So. Follow the tennis ball on a C-stand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so that was cool. Did you catch Neil Casey in there too? For what? It's like 12 Briefly. frames. Like blink yeah. and you miss the guy. Um, but actually really cool because, again, it shows kind of the improv and on-the-fly nature of filming that even though he's not in it, when he goes to CGI – uh, he's there, right? Like yeah. literally anybody could have read the lines and they could have just reacted to it, but he's actually there. Yeah. He's what, there what with one of those, go- it? it's a God mic. They call yeah. it a God mic. So usually on a, like a big, um, if you recall the first Ghostbusters film, when the containment unit blows up and there's the smoke and there's atmosphere and there's a bunch of people running and there's a bunch of explosions going off. Uh, you know, Ivan Reitman is back there on what they call a God mic. It, right. That way he's boosting. It's more than just a bullhorn, you know, like the, the cliche of a director standing there with a bullhorn. They, they literally amplify him with these giant, you know, floor amps to get his voice out there. And they do that a lot. You know, um, uh, Adam McKay, who directs Anchorman, that's how he directs. He sit at he sits at the monitor and he throws lines out to people. He's like, all right, Will, say, uh, you know, you're... Your breath smells like beef and cheese. And then Will Ferrell goes, your breath smells like beef and cheese. That's how he directs, you know? I think the way Feig talked about it, too, they probably did a bit of that, too. Yeah. Filming yeah. This one. We didn't get to see it, out. but what was the other thing that caught my eye? There was something. Well, oh, the Mercado. Yeah, the Mercado. Which is in the, we see the entrance to it outside, and it's literally just a door and a bit of Art Deco, uh marble yeah. to the sides and then a little shop which is kind of strange <laughs> they built the shop on one side of it and then it's green screen all around it they're literally just going to fill in well the, yeah the building around them this this kind of confirms uh if, for those of you in the Los Angeles area that are familiar with downtown LA this confirms to me that the mercado is based on the cicada which is a uh, it's it's a historical place that's actually right. It's a stone's throw from the Biltmore. You can walk right around the corner to it. But it's it's one of those 1930s ballrooms that you see all the time with the art uh, the Art Deco, and it's got that same it's balcony nice. and the staircase. And um, what's I, the styling? I, it's it's uh well, it's called what the Cicada. Call- yeah, but it's what's the, the styling of it? It's very Art Deco. It's very it's Art very Deco. nice. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Boy, did I stretch nice. for that one. Yeah, it's I fine. needed the God mic. Art Deco. Uh, so it's Art Deco. Very nice. Yeah. 
Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, and, but we get, we get to see a lot of, it looks like a big set piece takes place in there. There's explosions and, you know, uh, a huge something is going to be happening in there. And that's, that's where Neil Casey was as well. So, uh, safe, safe to bet that his character shows up in the Mercado. So yeah, pretty early too. Yeah, pretty early. Very, very cool stuff. Did you notice in that second segment, you know, there were a lot of, again, the behind the scenes B-roll shots that kind of rapid fire at you, but there's one shot of Kate McKinnon on the street. And she's got like a crowd of, you know, Ghostbusters chanting people uh, by her. But she holds up like Lion King style, this giant trap. It looks like that prototype version of the trap. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe that's like their first bust and they come out and they're sort of like victorious. Kind of kind of uh, their own take on the uh, no job is too big. No fee is too big. No fee is too big, but yeah, they come out and they're heroes because they've got this uh, trap up in (laughs) there. Which was one of the most baffling bits of the first movie because it's like, where did all these people in press come from? Any, like, why are you here? How did yeah. you get here? Yeah, how to, did you get? How did you know that this was happening? All right. Oh, we're sure. we're uh, we're. Uh, um, we're a, serv- a third-party service that uh, when you need to set up your, your training montage. Yeah, uh, Central Casting called us. Central they said Casting, that you, you just needed extras. We're not entirely sure why. When we, you need to lead into a montage, will we show up and help you set it up? It's like, um, oh, perfect, because you know, we're going into business. Yeah, we, we heard that the world was going to end at 55 Central Park, and so we decided to show up. <laughs> I, I, I've never understood that. If that's where the Hellmouth is opening up, why are there people there? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I only got one look through the the clip, so I'm definitely going to have to go back and kind of plow through it again. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, as you, as you say, it was a little bit of a, a little bit of a fluff piece, but there was cool stuff in there that was our first glimpse, and it's good to see all four of them in the jumpsuits interacting with each other, even if they're sitting out of character in directors' chairs. It was really cool to see that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the more I think about it, the more I think it was actually probably perfectly balanced. Because if you're not, you know, us, the, you know, the talking to the cast and letting them, you know, you know, bat around a, <laughs> bat around like a bunch of ghost-busting cats, a couple of easy <laughs> uh, questions to answer, um, you know, that's perfect, right? Like, you get it, oh, I like them and I want to go see the movie. And then if you are us, like you say, the B-roll's there. And you just kind of stare at it yeah, over and over. Yeah, well, ten and seconds you, back. Ten and seconds you know, back. after the movie comes out, you're going to have a lot of B-roll to pour over to see how stuff was made too. That to me, Ooh, I love yeah. seeing that going retroactively now, watching how stuff was made. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the Cinefix when it comes yes, out because absolutely, was, like those barrels and like the the light refer the like the ghost reference projector and all that. I like, I got a sense that they did some real cool stuff. Maybe they didn't break the ground, but I think we're you know it's a they pulled a lot of different tricks together in this one place for this one movie. And I just uh, can't wait to read more about it. No. Yeah. So, so much more to look forward to. So it was, it was cool getting a glimpse of that. Finally. Thanks Al Roker. <laughs> and Al's so happy. I know he was, and he got a hat. Did you notice he got a hat? Yes, of course I noticed. Ah, oh, come that's on. What, that's why I have to go back and rewatch them. I mostly stared <laughs> in small fuming rage. <laughs> Bump, at, bump, bump, at, bump, at that, da, da, at that da, da, childlike da, da, smile da, 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 of Al Roker as he sits there with his 2016 hat on it, on that grinning head of his. Um, <laughs> yeah, we saw his little, uh, his little, his little uh, uh, drama class uh, sketch there at the end too, which was yeah, cute. Exactly. Hey, you ghost, <laughs> get your damn hands off her. <laughs> I'm gonna take off with the ectomobile. Here it is. I hope they have the keys in. They did. <laughs> actually, the funny part. Actually, I'm glad we brought this up because he actually is a fan. And do you know how I know 
that he is. Like they talk about it and you're kind of like, again, the cynical brain comes in and goes, Oh, sure. He's a fan. Oh, sure. They just want to send Al, blah, blah, blah. And I think, I think early on when they announced it, the, the, the cameo he's supposed to have is that a la the first movie, we see some TV talking heads and he gets to be himself. Right. Like, you know, John Stewart being in, I don't know, whatever he was. I can't think now. Roger Grimsby, you know, that exactly. But, uh, he got in the car and he's like, I'm going to run some red lights. And then he p- does the Bill Murray bang, bang on he the does, side of the door. He does the bang. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, you are a fan. Oh, no, I Al mean, if, Roker. If there was any doubt that Al Roker is a fan, all you need to do is, is look up on YouTube the Today Show segment that he did when they did the reunion for the 30th anniversary. And uh-huh. so when it's, it's Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and, and uh, Sigourney Weaver all sitting there and he... He reacts like you and I would react. He's sort of just sort of flustered and he's a little nervous and he's a little timid and he's a little shy. And so, well, again, like, I'm just kind of like, that's cute. And like, that's, you know, it's Bill Murray and all this. And it's a, you know, a big thing and a big crowd. But like I said, it's that little thing. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's you a have, fan. you've internalized the movie like the rest of us, haven't you, Al? <laughs> and he got to live it out. Ah, <sighs> oh, that guy. Good on that, him. That, but that hat. Yeah, the weather guy got a hat. Can you get a hat? <sighs> please hey uh speaking of the um media blitz that's happening did you see the mtv movie awards at all no you did not you did not <laughs> that's okay i didn't either i watched the clips online the day after okay for starters i i never had mtv uh uh even when i had cable television and i ditched cable television years ago so uh, okay um well, and in fairness that, much kids? music was always better in my Do eyes you hear but, that yeah the day you get old <laughs> and you don't have time for television so you cut out the cable yeah um, well, I, I watch all my stuff like um, millennials and you know you know preteen kids i watch it in snippets online yep you uh, watch so the clips the next day i yeah. saw the important bits yeah and you know there were some cool important bits so the mtv movie awards you know the prestigious movie awards that are on the music television channel uh, they happened last week. Melissa McCarthy, she got the first comedic genius award. Um, you know, it's one of those awards that they've given to Jim Carrey and sort of like, Hey, you're a popular comedian and you guys don't really get enough notoriety on these uh, award shows. So that's, that's kind of what they poke this at. But McCarthy got it. Um, she crowd surfed onto the stage. That was pretty fun. Uh, you know, and, and the whole thing, it's, it's all, it's the MTV, uh, kind of tongue in cheek, you know, she gets the award and she's very gracious about it, but it's all very funny. But, uh, of note for us again, anybody who is involved in it, they're going to ask you about Ghostbusters. So afterwards, Josh Horwitz talked to her about Ghostbusters on the red carpet. Here's a little bit about that. Coming full circle on yes. Funny Women, Ghostbusters. Give me, give me what's the, the surreal moment for you? Was there one surreal moment on set? There's a hundred, but two that loom pretty large. The first time we were all in our jumpsuits together, and it, people, like the crew had a reaction, we yeah. had a reaction. It just felt like, oh my gosh, I'm, I don't know. I felt like I was running out to play for like the team I watched grow, growing right. up. And then uh, also when the, when the Ecto came out, which I don't want to be, maybe I shouldn't say, but it's in the trailers, nice. guys. When that car came out, and it's like what they've, what they've changed, what they've kept the same, and us ripping down like city streets in that thing, the, actually the four of us in it, I just always kept screaming, let's keep going! <laughs> let's see Mexico in this bitch! Like it, it, I ends. just was like, if we ever are gonna go crazy and like run off set, is tonight the is the night. Like it'd be, the, it's like we, I literally was like, I feel free and alive! <laughs> that was pretty amazing. And the inside, like everything about that was yeah. like tricked out 
to the like millionth degree. It was really cool. Was it cool to also get without revealing? We're not going to reveal the secrets, but like talking to original cast members, whether on or off the set, to get their oh, yeah. approval. Oh yeah, I mean, I, cool I'd to run in Bill? for the for the four like the anniversary at SNL. It's like I ran into a bunch of guys, and and I know Bill, and just. Yeah, getting getting to know, like knowing that we had their blessing, yeah. that they were excited about it, and uh, it, it was just pretty exciting. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 when you have to just kind of pinch yourself and go, God, I hope it's not a fever dream. <laughs> no, it's this all will, for real. This will stink if I wake up and I'm in like a Kankakee <laughs> hospital. <laughs> Because I, I like fell out of a tree. As fever dreams go, it's it's a good one. It's a good one. I mean, I'll, I, if I can, I'll just say I'll stay in it. Chris, do you um, do you think Melissa McCarthy loves the people that she worked with? I think she's mentioned it every single time we've heard from her now. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. she has every single time. No, it's, I don't it's, doubt it. She actually, just, it um, sounds like she just has these pinch me moments all the time where she's a ghostbuster. I mean, if I was a ghostbuster and I was a comedic person that you know idolized Bill Murray and all of the SCTV and SNL people, yeah, of course it's a pinch me moment. Yeah, it's an interesting point to make too. I mean, as fans, we all approach it, you know, heliocentrically. Like it's, how do I feel about this, and and how can I get people to listen to me? When at, on the flip side. Um, especially the harsher critics among us, don't take it at face value that these five people, six if you want to put Katie Dippold in there, got to make a new Ghostbusters, right? Like, just how bloody exciting would it be if you and I got to write and direct a new Ghostbusters? We never would. We're we're way out of the loop. It's true. You're slightly closer to the loop than I am. I'm in another country, so I'm way out of the loop. And I'm still out of the loop. I'm way out of the loop. But, you know, hypothetically speaking, had we done the the legwork and the grunt work and, you know, we're in position and we got to make it, Holy cow! Yeah, yeah. You and you would come at it with love and respect, which is what it sounds like she approached it as, and what everybody, including Paul Feig, that's what he keeps saying as well. So, how could it not be fun? No, of course it's. I mean, you get to you get to wear the jumpsuit, you get to throw on a proton pack, you get to go bust ghosts. Like that's your job. Come on. Today's gonna suck really hard. Uh, (laughs) Call time is eight a.m. and you're gonna spend sixteen hours pretending to shoot ghosts (sighs) with lightning guns. I guess. Oh man. I have to. Also, there's uh, you know uh, catering at lunch. Yay! <laughs> uh, like, Yay! Craft uh, services. What people forget too is, again, <laughs> I'm a fan, and here's what I think: every name that popped up, either actually attached to the movie or not, um, we forget that every single one of them was somebody that was super like Jennifer Lawrence really wanted to be a Ghostbuster and couldn't make it work because of scheduling, right? Yeah. Um, look at uh, Channing Tatum. He's not doing it for, you know, shoots and giggles. He he wanted to be, a Ghostbuster, to be a Ghostbuster, right? That's, that's where that all started with that email that unfortunately leaked out during the the big Sony hack. He just wanted to be a Ghostbuster. Yeah. <laughs> like, and every, and every single, like, and hell, we had, don't even have the list of names of people. It's like, you know, here you're attached to the Ghostbusters movie and people are like, nobody's spoken to me. But I'd love but that to be, would be in awesome. It. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, so, so how how we can disregard that these uh, five are not, you know, just it, oh, God. Yeah. I wish my summer and fall had been their summer and fall. Hey, uh, you you mentioned that you you're you're watching the videos on the YouTubes like the millennials do. Are you uh, are you on the Snapchats? Are you doing the no. Snapchats? No, 
I can't figure out that one. It's uh, you know, you'll figure it out, especially if you follow Ghostbusters on Snapchat, which you should I be do. doing. Okay, good. All right, excellent. So, so why, like, I can't for the life of me figure out how to see bloody anything. It's um, it's not Ugh. exactly intuitive, but uh, no. once you get the hang of I'll it, I'll tell you that right now. It's uh, it's not that bad. But uh, our friends at Ghost Core, they've been uh, feeding the Ghostbusters Snapchat some uh, some great videos, especially one that just went up as we're recording this with Ivan Reitman. Uh, I mean, here's, here's the deal. You have a direct link to all of your heroes. Ivan Reitman is sending out, uh, messages from within the Ghostbusters ghost core of sanctuary. This thing, this could have been under lock and key. You could have never seen it. Uh, you could have never had a glimpse of it in your entire life. And it's right there. It's in the palm of your hand and you're getting a tour from the Godfather himself. 10 years ago, there would have been no way. Yeah, no way. Absolutely. And now... Ivan Reitman is standing right where Troy's carpet's going to go, <laughs> That's, pointing to their display case. It'd really tie the room together, man. Uh, but so at any rate, so Ivan Reitman, if you guys haven't seen it, he's giving everybody a tour of Ghost Core. Today, he showed off their display case, which Chris and I had the pleasure of seeing when we went and we visited the offices. They've uh-huh. changed that display case greatly since Chris and I saw it. It's filled with Ghostbusters 2016 merchandise that we didn't get to see when we were there. But now, yes. I mean, we've got, I've got, a, we've got screen grabs of it. We've got stuff that they've posted up to Facebook, and I feel like, I feel like we need to break this down like it was a new trailer because there's so much in this one photo, Chris, that we have to absolutely talk about. It's all stuff that we've never seen. Well, there's some stuff we've seen before, but there's a yeah. lot that we haven't seen before in there. Let's break this down. Let's do it. You want to do it shelf by shelf, Chris? And and here's yeah, yeah. here's what's gonna help yeah, yeah. If, if we go through the stuff that's on each one of these shelves in the in the Ghost Core display case. I, I had we had a little help. Uh, Ghost Core reached out to us. They gave us a few details. Um, <laughs> now, some of this is from them. Some of this is speculation. I need to disclaim. But man, I'm excited about these shelves, and that's why we're gonna we're gonna break this down like this is a Pruder film. We're gonna go back. It into was the just a, it was just a conversation uh, with us going. What's that? Yeah. What is that? What's that? What does that do? When can I it's buy like that? Com- <laughs> it's like a conversation with my three year old. What's that? <laughs> oh, why? Yeah. All right. Why? Let's okay. Shelf shelf number one, the top shelf. Uh, yes. This this we've seen pretty much everything on before, but it, it it we have to say that everything is in its packaging. This is what it's going to look like when it's on yes. the retail shelves, which we have not seen before. We have not seen. Before. So on that top shelf, we've got the four new Ghostbusters in their packaging with the cards, uh, and they have it's you you get the build a ghost Rowan parts that come with them. Yeah, you can see the chunks of Rowan. <laughs> chunks of Rowan. Next to them. Oh, yeah. Oh man, that's a terrible serial name. Um, chunks of <laughs> Rowan. But uh, so let's let's jump ahead a little bit because Rowan also appears on the second shelf from the top. So I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that maybe Rowan is going to be like a retail exclusive, or you know, uh, you do the build a figure, but you can also buy the figure like at Toys R Us or through Diamond or through Entertainment Earth or one of those dis- distributors. That that to me makes the most amount of sense because it looks like they're the same scale, right, Chris? Like that's the same Rowan that you're building that you can buy. On that yeah, second possibly. One. Or maybe, you know, it looks like maybe this Rowan, he's got one of those arrows on his packaging. So maybe the Build-A-Figure is uh, just a static six-inch figure, but this one has lights or sounds or something that makes it different. It's like a deluxe figure. Um, but then, okay, just to the right of that are, are what they're calling the Ecto-Minis or the Mini-Ectos. Do I have it reversed? Is it the Mini-Ectos? All right, we're going to zoom in. Hold on. Let's see if it says... 
Oh, it's the Ecto Minis. I had it backwards. It's the Ecto Minis. Yeah, you had it backwards. But uh, yeah, these look like they're the blind uh, blind box uh, guys that we've talked about a couple episodes ago. Um, I think it's super cool. You see the four busters, and then there's some ghosts. Did you see the ghosts that are off there to the right? There's like Slimer yeah. and... Well, I was a little confused if those might have been... Like, are they the same thing or two different things? Because uh, one of the things we know is there's the ghosts in Slime, too, so... I guess like they're keeping everything in roughly the same area, so they must come from the same thing. Ghosts and and the busters in it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the Ecto Minis, they're really... It sounds like these are going to be sort of the through line. You know how usually the three and three quarter inch action figures are the through line? It seems... Excuse me. It seems like the um, the Ecto Minis are going to be the through line. That you, you can do the blind bags, you can buy them on the cards, almost like the Mini Mates, too. You can get, like, the three-pack of the Ecto Minis so that you know exactly yeah. what you're buying. Um, but it sounds like they kind of, and, and we'll get to it, like the Ectomobile that's below them, oh, they all kind yeah, of yeah. interchange with I each other. So, so yeah, we got the ghosts, we got, um, we got busters. There's, I think that, I think that's Kevin kind of in front of the Ecto Mini's yeah. box. I thought it might've been the classic, but I guess not. Well, yeah, maybe, like, I thought maybe that might've Egon. been Egon for a second. Yeah, that could be Egon. But it looks kind of blondy hair, so maybe it is Kevin. But then that begs the question, who's that next to him? Is that human Rowan or... Yeah, the, in the sort of yeah, pink can, jumpsuit or purple jumpsuit there. Yeah, you can see him in the, the box art, too, up above. He's uh, top row, slightly to the yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Who is that? Okay, so that's... Yeah, maybe because if, if that's like a... Um, like a prison jumpsuit or something? It would be orange if, if, we if we took the, If we jumpsuit. took the actor who's playing Rowan and pretended that he was... a two and a half inch tall plastic <laughs> caricature of himself. I think that's what he'd look like. Uh, oh, and it was blurry and I can barely see yeah, it. Exactly. I think that's him. That's him. I, all right. We're going to go with that. So, uh, okay. So that's the top <laughs> shelf. That's just the top shelf. There's so- just the top shelf. Okay. Yes. It gets. So let's, let's move <sighs> down. Let's move on down the line. Okay. So next, the second from the top, we've got mayhem and Rowan. Uh, these yep. guys we've seen before and we've actually seen them on the cards, right? Like uh, mayhem. We saw on the cards at one of the toy fairs, if I remember correctly. That's right. And they, New York and they, they light up. Obviously we can see the little testament. Yeah, There's the little, buttons. the little arrow with the light. So, Hey, they've got some, some interactive lights. Then in the middle, we've got a hot wheels two pack. Now this actually came out before they did the Snapchat uh, tour, but it's a two pack of hot wheels. It's the new Ectomobile and the new Ecto two. Um, very cool. And then it also looks like there's a little bit of gear maybe in between the two of those. I mean, it's again, it's blurry and I've got this zoomed in at like 400%, but it looks like something else comes with those, right? I'll go the other way. I don't think it does. Uh, Hot Wheels tends not to. Uh, Okay. So maybe it's, it's just a uh, a reflection or a blur or something there. Um, and then, okay. Right next to that, we have a Slimer and this guy looks to be very, very familiar to something that those of you that grew up on real Ghostbusters is, is near and dear to your heart. If you squeeze <laughs> this dude, his eyes pop out. His eyes pop out. Come on. How familiar yep. and cool is that? Like, that's... I, I don't... I mean, I've never seen anybody squeeze Slimer until his eyes pop out, but you know you need the, like, stress <laughs> squeezy on your desk that, like, oh, I'm just so mad, and you squeeze Slimer, and his eyes pop out, and you're totally... You feel great. You feel fine. Uh, behind him, a new Ectomobile. Now this is this is not for the six inch toys. This is for those minifigs, those Ecto minis, and yeah, and like take a look at the where that arrow points that it points down to the um, the license plate on the front of the car. 
So if you if you plug the Ecto Mini into the driver's seat and then you push that, it lights up the ghost that's driving the car. So you kind of see there's like Slimer, I think. Like you see just his uh, trucker's tan arm there in the window. Right. Uh, so if you push that Which, button, it lights him up. It charges him. It lights him up. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let you in on a secret, Chris. I'm gonna let everybody okay, in on a secret because you're listening. This isn't exactly between the two of us, but all right. The Ecto Minis glow in the dark. Yeah. They have skeletons uh-huh. that glow in the dark. So when you put them in the Ectomobile and you push that license plate, the light. it charges up the glow-in-the-dark skeleton inside of him. So when you yeah. shut off that light, he glows. It's gonna He's going to have this weird ethereal glow, and it's going to be awesome. How cool is that? Yeah. What, this line, too, this this cute short car, there's a couple of other models, too. that like This one got announced with a couple of others. A couple of them are like simple RC versions, too. Yeah, aimed at kids. I'm kind of curious if the RC ones charge them as well now. Um, oh, that would that would just this one. I mean, if the Ecto Minis are kind of across the board, and if it's a Mattel product, that would make sense. You know that maybe those, because we're going to talk about it in a minute. They also interchange with the Proton Pack, so these okay. these figures are kind of running through the entire line from the role yeah, playing to the to the vehicles, and I didn't think the RC ones. Uh, were Mattel though? I'd, mm. I'd have to go back and and check, but they were designed a lot like this uh, squished version of the Ecto One. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Time will tell. Um, but yeah, continuing. Um, so then, if we go from ghosts in a car, we see ghosts in <laughs> ghosts in a trap, which makes sense. But oh, now, does the tra- no. does the trap charge them? Yeah, the charge. I don't know. I don't see I don't a touch think it does, thing. but here's here's what the trap does. If you zoom, 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 you can just yep. barely make out there's subway tunnel like um, on the interior. You can see like the walls of the subway tunnel, and then you see a sticker oh. on the front that says two and one or two for the price of one. Or it's also a playset, so it's the trap, and then uh-huh. it opens up in one of those playsets for the Ecto Minis. Okay, that's. That's very cool. Yes. I mean, it doesn't, to me, I don't think that this is the role-playing trap, or maybe it is, because it's about in the same scale as the the Proton Pack, but it sort of doubles as one of those, you know, like the Micro Machine play sets where it yeah. opens up and you've got the play set inside. Okay, okay, okay. So we got a trap. As you say, it's to scale. Okay, so we got the card that uses the ghosts, and it charges them up. Yeah. The ghost you can then throw in the trap, and it's a play set for the subway, but the trap is to scale with... The Proton Pack, which we've looked at a couple of times and talked about, and it's on the shelf below, uh, below it. Right. And we saw a video of somebody showing it off, and it says right here in the box, so you can put the ghosts into the thrower, and it casts their shadow yeah, on the wall. Yeah, Now, brilliant again, because they glow in the dark, that light is charging that the ghost wall. Charging them up. See, this is the thing, and they never mentioned it in this video, and some people, like again, people remember the old real Ghostbusters pack, and it had the... Um, well, a projector, right? It had little color film discs that you could put in, and it would—it <laughs> was not a, exactly the world's brightest bulb, so it had <laughs> it to be was, pitch yeah, black. It was pretty, and you had to—you had to give your eyes a few moments to adjust to the uh, to the levels, but it would actually project a picture on the wall. But and a lot of people were like, "Well, this doesn't measure up." And you know, at the time, I was kind of like, "Yeah, it's kind of str- like why?" And again, the question was, "Why wouldn't they do something similar?" Now we know. You put your ghosts in the thrower; it charges them up. Yeah, and then I think it's their silhouette that shows up on the wall or something. The silhouette's you know, that's still cute, cool. Right? Yeah, it's very cool, but it seemed a little underwhelming. But to know that now your ghosts are actually charging 
so they glow when you take them out. Like say to say, put them in the trap. That's yeah, exactly. Cool. And think about you know when I hearkening back to my childhood. Come children, sit around the fire. Um, but <laughs> that real Ghostbusters trap had the glow in the dark um, panels on the top. You know the the doors on the ghost trap were glow in the dark as well. So you know I would yeah I would have a ball just running around with the lights off and throwing that thing out there. And then I, you know the ghost that came with it was one of those ecto charge ecto glow ghosts as well. And so it's, you know, it's in so your imagination. Cool. It's yeah, this is pretty cool for the kids that are playing with these. For me that's <laughs> playing with these, I'm going Actually, to Actually a real good these. point. You use the keywords here, uh, child's imagination, imagination cuz again, we're old fans looking at them going, should I buy it and put it on my shelf? That thing's lame. It's like I don't think kids yeah, care. It's not for you. I saw somebody on Facebook <laughs> when Ghost Corps put this up, uh, that proton pack looks really small. Yeah, small. you yeah, are very it's not big. <laughs> Yes. See the box? It's got a 10-year-old on it. It's not exactly. for you. Exactly. So, at any rate. Okay, so that, that shelf that the Proton Pack okay. is on, that's the third from so the So now top. we've seen three products that all link to get Well, four if you count, because the ghosts are coming from the, the packs, Yeah, right? the ghosts are coming from the packs. So you get the... So we got four products tied together here. Exactly. All right, so here's here's where the synergy continues. But uh, before we get to that, we have to talk about there's a Slimer just to the left of the Proton Pack. Yeah, let's get him out of the way. He's an electronic Slimer, not like the squeezy eyes bug out Slimer. You pull his arm, he plays some sounds from the movie, he plays the Ghostbusters theme song. Apparently you stretch his tongue too, like you can grab his tongue and stretch it out. It's like a <laughs> Stretch Armstrong kind of thing. That's kind of cool, you know? Again, on my desk, fantastic. It'll relieve some stress. Okay, so... Well, it says two different things here. So there's a... And he says something. It sounds like you pull his tongue. The picture there is somebody pulling his tongue and he's saying something. Oh, maybe he... Yeah, you pull his tongue and he goes, ah, you know... But then there's a second arrow up where it's like, move his arm. That's where So you, what happens when you move his arm? So if you if you watch the Ivan Reitman video, he... It's like a slot oh. machine. You pull the arm down... On Snapchat? On Snapchat, on the Snapchat. Yeah, I don't know how to do yeah. that. You'll, we'll we'll show you. We'll show you. Okay, okay. thanks. Uh, so you pull. Can you help me? Can you help me with the clock on my VCR <laughs> while you're at it? How do I record my programs? Can you, can you help? Me, can you, I need my stories? Can you help me set the timer on my Blu-ray? <laughs> How do you use a convection oven? <laughs> uh, all right. So yeah. So it's like a slot machine. You pull the arm down, and he plays sounds that way. So it. I Actually, think this is kind stop, of like stop, the minion. Stop one second. Stop one second. I have to do an aside here. Not to belittle my mo- my mother or not, but uh, at all. But at one point, one Christmas, I was home and she was like, uh, we should watch a movie. I'm like, okay, what's out? And she's like, I've been wanting to watch. I forget what it was. I want to watch this movie. I'm like, okay, well, let's get it. Let's watch it. She brings it home and I'm like, uh, well, mom, th- th- you can't play this. She's like, why not? I'm like, well, this is a Blu-ray. And she's like, well, how do I know? Oh, and I was no. like, well the blue box and it says blu-ray up there and she's and it won't play in my no well i'm just gonna go have to get a blu-ray player and i'm like yes that's the solution yes. okay good good thought about the player for the movie that you got that. <laughs> anyway sorry uh, yeah, that's yeah. all that's what reminded me there for a second so which brings right, us so, back to why nobody's going to understand the uhd but that's a totally different story another totally different story so, see you last episode um see you last episode so yeah so anyway this slimer toy kind of reminds me of the minions toys that came out you know where you you put your f- finger in its mouth it says it's banana yeah. it's one of those kind of interactive toys banana. banana okay so so then you got the proton pack now to the right of the proton pack is one of holtzman's proton guns this is the first uh, time we've seen this it looks looks like it comes with some nerf darts awesome but then all right so if you uh if you really get in there if you really like enhance enhance something 
Proton Blaster. Sidearm Proton Blaster. Oh, okay. Nice, um, okay. And then it's got the French and Spanish on there as well. But see. No, okay, so here's here's what I'm going to I'm going to make a, a a podcast bet here, Chris, because it looks like okay. that thing on the top is um yeah. like a rail, like it's got lips. Like do you see that like kind of the overhanging thing right above what would be the sight on the gun? Yeah, it looks identical to the ones you see on Nerf guns, which with it would they're all modular too, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, that you can like add something on top of it or, you know, it, That's exactly what that rail looks yeah, like. Okay, yeah. so keep okay. going. Here's here's my my bet. I bet that you can strap that in or onto or somehow it connects to the proton pack. So, you know how the the real Ghostbusters trap would also strap onto the back of the real Ghostbusters proton pack? I yeah, have yeah. a feeling that you can put that sidearm onto the the pa- the backpack somewhere. I don't know where, maybe like a, underneath the toolbox looking thing or maybe it goes yeah. inside the toolbox thing. Well, that's true. Yeah, there might be. Well, no, cuz uh, let's look at the size here. No, the trap's too big to go into the toolbox thing. Yeah. I thought that would have been a real good If the giver. trap could go in there, yeah. But, it, I mean, maybe this, it looks like the sidearm might even, maybe it just hangs from the bottom or something, too, you know, just so that you can reach by, if, again, if you see it in the movie, yeah. the kids can, like, reach behind them and pull this thing out and, you know, you know, throw off a couple of those darts. Or it begs the question, will more stuff come along? Like, will they decide that between the trap and the pack and the sidearm, they just keep throwing out accessories oh, and you can kind of mix and match oh, them maybe. together. Yeah, maybe there's, you know, yeah, maybe they will do like a laser sight that has ghosts uh, in it that you can you can strap <laughs> onto the top and you're aiming at something. That would be cool. All I know is that my pair of twin uh, Nerf Mavericks, whom I have named uh, Jake and Elwood, <laughs> uh, they have a new kid brother new, coming to join them at the office. a new kid in town. Oh, uh, yeah. That's right. Um, so, all right. So that's, okay. that's, that's sort of the role playing stuff. Now on the very bottom, this is the big surprise yeah. Four original Ghostbusters and brand new packaging. Now it looks like they're the same, uh, Maddie collector figures that we've come to know and purchase many, many times <laughs> before. So no, see n- not true. And this is where they might be brilliant. I'm going to buy these. I didn't buy any oh, of the other Mattel interesting. ones. Okay. I'm not, I'm not a big figure guy. And I was looking, and they're like, they're going to have a big line. And I'm just like, I don't want to commit. This, where they do, like, the four, the four, the teams from the two movies, I'm in. Yeah. I'm like, that's yeah. it. Actually, I will get these. Well, and then these so guys, they, I mean, they could be different. They could be different sculpts. I'm willing to, I mean, maybe. Different paints, at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's kind of hard to tell, again, because the photo's so low res, and you, you zoom in, it's kind of tough to tell if they're any different. They kind of look the same to me, but. Yeah. Um, and they come with a Build-A-Figure, another Build-A-Figure, which to me, when I first saw it, I was like, what? Maybe that's a placeholder. I don't know what that's supposed to be. But uh, we do have confirmation from Ghost Core that that is a no-ghost logo. So you can build yeah. a giant-sized no-ghost logo to stand next to these guys. That's cool. I don't recall if they confirmed or not, but I'm telling you right now, that thing glows in the dark. It, that, it has to. That is, that. well, no, look at it. It's got it's that glow-in-the-dark yeah, color, that right? to it, yeah. I don't know what that color is, but that color exists no other place in the world than mildly radioactive <laughs> uh, novelty toys. But it almost feels, too, because uh, if you look at Winston's figure, it's the one foot. And then if you look at Ray's figure, um, it looks like the the top of the ghost, but it looks like he's giving the peace sign. I'm wondering if it's the Ghostbusters 2 logo. Because uh, cause that's, not, that's not how I interpreted no? it, actually, because it kind of looked like... Um, Okay, so take um, Ray, 
Yeah. You're looking at you're looking at the ghost's uh back left shoulder with that and that's the hand and the arm extending oh, out from it. Okay. Okay. So twist him around and this is turning into one of those uh, visualization <laughs> Tests that they used to give us. Then take um, Winston's, and that's the other you're hand. Looking, you're looking at topish front, but that's the other hand, right? Okay. So you imagine so, snapping those yeah, two together. There we go. And then you have um, the butt and then the behind in, uh, in Egon's, Egon, who doesn't look very Egony, by the way. I'm not. I I think I don't. He may still be prototype. Yeah, I don't think that's Egon. It kind of looks like it's the same as like the Ray they figure. Maybe put another. Or it's a like a test boxy thing, and they threw another Winston in there or something. Yeah. But um, which I'm assuming means then if we go back to Peter, he's got the he's got the, the no, no sign. sign and probably the head is what I. But I'm you just guessing. don't see the head. Yeah, yeah. or it's in it kind of in behind because okay. it looks like there's a little. Yeah, that's my guess. That's my that, podcast. That makes bet. sense. That okay, that makes more sense because I was like, why would the Ghostbusters two logo come with the Ghostbusters one guys? But yeah, okay, yeah. that makes more sense. Yeah, I see that now. If you turn those on their side, that's that makes a lot of sense. That I'm looks also right. excellent at navigating with paper maps. <laughs> uh, Troy, the map hey, is upside down. Troy, the map is upside down. Troy, <laughs> or what's that quote from the the uh, Kanye's uh, breakout album there? I can, uh, count up change. Oh, count up change. Really, really fast. Um, <laughs> uh, and it looks like they got um, then uh, a third to go along with. Like you said, they might be uh, specialty shop exclusives uh, for Rowan and Mayhem. Um, they have a Stay Puff, and he lights up too. Yeah. It's got the exact light same up, press here stay to light puff. up. And he looks like he's sort of the six-inch scale as well, so he's a little smaller. But uh, yeah, and he looks a little scorched. So I think we've got the. Stepping on a church. <laughs> yeah. um, Angry, I just stubbed my toe on a church. Stay puff. That guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then just to the right, um, these are the, it looks to me like the Cryptozoic blind bags, or is that just more of the Ecto Minis? Oh, I see. It's the Ecto Minis open. That's, it's the same thing. It's just opened and all right, cool. Is it? I think so. Yeah. It's the, it's the same. No, no, no. No, 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 no. It's a different, yeah, the art is and different. No, no, no. I see the original Ghostbusters. I see two Slimers. And then I see other characters behind. And is, I think that's a terror dog next to the question mark, maybe? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so maybe these are well, Ghostbusters 1-themed Ecto-Minis. Well, the thing is, is that it doesn't look like a bag, though. It looks like a box. And since it's got the container next to it, I'm wondering if it was these oh. figures in... Ooze well, that's that we were being yeah. I mean, so that the canister next to it confirms something that we kind of already knew, but is super cool. The slime's coming back, guys. The yeah, we slime saw, with we the saw, ghost inside of it is coming back. We saw a little bit of it at New York Toy Fair. Um, so maybe that maybe that box is the the slime container ghosts. It just doesn't look big enough to no, put those. No, that yeah. box looks like it's holding like what three of them. Then I really, it's really hard to say. Yeah. Uh, but it seems uh, like the Ecto Minis, they're really banking heavily on these Ecto Minis. I mean, they, they have the oh, six-inch figures, yeah. but the Ecto Minis are kind of what are what tie the glue together. So that's that's kind of nice. Yeah, and this comes on the backup. I don't think we mentioned it last time and should have, but Titan announced their Ghostbusters 2 line is coming. Right, right. So you can, uh, get, the, you can get the Mini Titans, you can get the Ecto Minis. 
You need a lot of shelf space, and you need a lot of money, you really guys. You need a lot of shelf. I mean, look space. at look at this is Ghost Core, and they've got four shelves completely filled. How much? How much shelf space do you have? They have two display cases. I remember the first time I saw them. I'm like, you need more than that. <laughs> I need a bigger like, boat, guys. Because <laughs> yeah. this is when they were like, here's some of the old stuff, and here's some of the new stuff. And I was like, I've been tracking the old stuff. You're going to need a few more. Now, you know what's funny is there's there's stuff that was announced that's not in these cases. Did you see the Yahtzee that they announced uh, earlier this week as well, Chris? Uh, yes. So Yahtzee, um, to me, I, it's a missed opportunity. It's, okay, so it's Yahtzee. The container is Slimer. To me, it's a missed opportunity that the dice don't come out of his mouth or something, so that he doesn't like vomit the dice out of his mouth. <laughs> yeah, I know. But you know, it's still Ooh. cool. Still cool. Um, um, this, yeah, Slimer Yahtzee follows. They've done Yahtzee. Um, this would be Hasbro, I guess. Yes, Hasbro yes. has licensed anything and everything they can get their hands on and slapped it onto uh, Yahtzee in particular. Because I've purchased uh, like a. Uh, a Doctor Who, TARDIS, Yahtzee, uh, and a few others. So this is just kind of following in those footsteps. Although, guess what else Hasbro owns? Mm, clue? Clue and Hungry, <laughs> and hungry, hungry Hippo. And hungry, Hungry Hippos. <laughs> and No, see, the, I got really excited after last week's episode. And let's be honest here. Hungry, Hungry Hippos is not too hard. You remold the, the, the hippo mechanism to look more slimery, you're done. done. It's a clue. Yeah takes a bit of work but yeah. i think i think as a specialty item i think you could sell that um somebody pointed out the ghostbusters game of life i'm in ghostbusters right? like, game e- of life you're running around in the car that's a great you idea a you each have an echo that's it's a great a race idea to be, the, to be the best franchise so apologies to whoever said it credit where credit's due i just can't remember your name at the moment <laughs> um yeah that was a brilliant idea yeah that, needs to be reworked completely uh i would buy that um but then the other no-brainer was the one that's aimed a bit more at kids the guess who which is just like kind of the memory game oh yeah the one where you flip down the faces of people i remember that one yeah so how hard is it to mold it in you know green slime plastic rather than red plastic and change the sticker faces yeah change them all goofy ghosts and some of the ghostbusters and yeah that would be great i know a guy named Death. Dan Shoning that would do some amazing headshots <laughs> if you want. And you're done, you're right? Done. Like build the box and gone. I would buy that in a heartbeat. Although, I know a I know a four year old that needs some memory work. So Yeah, exactly. Now before you volunteer, poor Dan, I I need to say <laughs> I have a fi- we're going to talk about Dan in a little bit here. I have a feeling that Dapper Dan is becoming insomniac Dan. Insomniac Dan. I yeah, don't actually know when I he think sleeps. Yeah, we're going to get to it, and I think you're right. I think Dan needs now. Dan's training is in animation, and I think what Dan needs to do now is to set up his um, what do they call them? Uh, the character sheets. Yeah, like his character sheets, and then he'll have like an ink and paint department that just draws yeah, stuff just for him. Build build a Bible and then start handing it off. Yeah. So so save save the premium Dapper Dan for the books, and you know the uh, up and comer kids to copy him. But we're, for guess who? I know, Hasbro. but we're so spoiled. Are you listening, Hasbro? Come on, Hasbro. Are you listening, Hasbro? But yeah, back to Yahtzee. Um, I'll buy it for the dice alone. Attention. Is this thing on? <laughs> Attention, everyone. Classes will be canceled again today due to... Uh, you guessed it. Go 
Ghostbusters are back in a brand new video game. And these new recruits are working together to catch ghosts all over New York City. Here's your homework. Don't get busted. <laughs> hey, Activision has a new video game. We haven't said that since 2008. Was it 2007, 2007 when it was announced? Because it came out in 2009? Slow down, Buckaroo. What Hold are you talking on. about? When was the last Activision game? The the big Ghostbusters the game the came video out game. in two thousand nine, but Atari had it at that point. Oh my God, and you're they right. They ditched it, or rather, not they didn't. Activision ditched it. Atari got their hands on it like a year and a bit before. That is, I have totally. That's so, that's like a misplaced memory. I forgot because it was in the pipeline for so long. So long. I totally and they, forgot they about that. They kicked it at the door, in and around as part of the thirtieth anniversary. Right. Right. Well, so, so yeah, at any 2000, rate, two thousand eight was when. Uh, cause uh, at, I forget exactly when, but they got overhauled. Uh, what's his name? Bobby code. Bobby uh, the, the guy who runs Activision changed oh. everything around there. And, um, Bobby digital. <laughs> Bob. No, yeah. that's, that's cool. Keith's kid. Who's that? Never mind. I don't um, know. I don't know. Late. My, are you, are you speaking in tongues right now? What's happening? Yeah. I'm Do having you a, smell burning a toast? <laughs> um, okay. the CEO of Activision. Uh, shuffled things up. I can't remember if he just decided to shuffle things or if he had come in or if he left and somebody else came in. But the thing was is they said at the time they were dialing in on their big IPs that were, for all intents and purposes, services more than games, which yeah, meant they were, yeah. they, were, they were focusing on their Guitar Hero, like their hero line. And uh, Destiny Call of, and... Call of Duty, all that yeah, stuff, right? Yeah. They're like, no, we're dialing in on this, and all these little one-offs, forget it. And it blew people's minds that they ditched Ghostbusters because they were close to done. And everybody went, you have a history, and it's almost done. Just... <laughs> what are you doing? Just keep going. Yeah. And we never found out the details, but they struck some sort of deal, basically offloaded it to Atari, which I think probably meant they recouped... That's how they recouped, how they got so far along, philosophically, you know, business plan wise, didn't want to have it yeah, anymore. Yeah, whatever the and overhead was, yeah. Recouped back a good chunk of it from by handing off to Atari, which was at the time, you know, happy news for Terminal Reality, because they had put a lot of work in, and for a while there, everybody went, does this mean it's dead? Um, but yeah, so it's been a long it's been time, a long time. And then Sanctum of Slime, another Atari title that came out, uh, shortly thereafter. But, uh, yeah. And it's, so I bring that up because this new game that was just announced this week, uh, Ghostbusters, I don't think it has a subtitle. They're just calling it Ghostbusters comes out on July 12th. And it, it looks to me like it's the same mechanics as Sanctum of Slime. It looks like it may be using the same game engine or something just with a new no. new coat of paint. No. I'm gonna stop you right there. Oh. Well that <laughs> see this is this I, is where you have to come in because you're you're the expert on this. You I heard tell a lot me. of this and and I understand people's, you know, initial I will I will agree. Yes, there is a Sanctum of Slime vibe. Um that, you know, it's a team goes in uh, and you know, you, you know, isometric view and all. I mean, yeah, but, but Diablo petty... looks the same way, and it's a totally different game. You know, it's I, f- I feel like it's that same top-down sure. Akari Warriors thing that's been happening since the '80s, right? It's not as simple as uh, Sanctum of Slime engine because a that's Atari's, they won't have it. Oh, that's true. And you know, people like, and it's just got you know different skins. Yeah, that's 
not exactly simple either. I mean, it's all new models, all new everything. They did build it from the ground up. Now, that said, it doesn't look like it's exactly earth-shattering gameplay, and it doesn't look like it's terribly deep. And it looks like they kind of split it down the middle. It's like a, a new team. Um, it's or, neither, or you're it's neither, customizing, like it's a new team, well, but they sort of yes. look like generic characters, right? Well, this is the thing. Some people interpret it as, oh, you're a bunch of high school students going on a bus. I'm like, really? I don't, because when I saw it, my question was, there's no details here. Do you customize your characters? That's what I'm interpreting this as, because it looks like you can do kind of like interchanging male, female, hair color, uh, skin color, yeah. body build, like that kind of thing. Which is actually... Well, depending on how they approach it, they probably could have had time to put it in. And it would be a nice, for a game that, I mean, because they put it together fast. Like, let's be honest. The, right. like, like you said, that Ghostbusters, the video game, as a full AAA, you know, multi-platform title, that's years in the making uh, to, to match up to the, you know, the, the levels of those systems. This one really didn't get rolling until, you know, Maybe slightly before they got the the movie going. It's kind yeah, of a it short have been cycle. That long ago. Uh, so you know, again, like I said, maybe though it's not as deep or as um, revolutionary, um, you know, as other full blown titles are. Yeah, they could put a. There's a few things that I think would make it really attractive to a lot of people that are already sitting there going, a twin stick shooter, which is another thing too. Like, I, it kind of looks like a twin stick shooter, but yeah. I, we don't know that for sure, and that's ultimately what this report is. We don't know much. <laughs> like, yeah, we don't. We don't we, know much about. It. We've seen a thirty-second <laughs> TV spot. Essentially, is what it boils down yeah, exactly. to. But a little bit of gameplay, uh, stuff that looks like cutscenes. Like there's a couple. They're not shooting, and the camera's moving and all that. And like, okay, this is a bit of a cutscene, and then bits of. Is it part of the game story, or was it made specifically for this ad of Slimer with in a backpack? Attending as attending the, the says, school, yeah. ghoul, ghoul school, no ghoul less. School, yeah. I think Warner Brothers wants to have a talk to you about <laughs> that because I saw that Scooby Doo episode or uh, movie. Yeah, um, yeah, but maybe that's just for the TV spot because I or exactly because you know, it's weird. I mean, I've I've freeze framed through this and I'm trying to get an idea of what these locations are, and it's like that. The, the one shot that you can kind of freeze on is like the pinball machine play field where you see like the four Ghostbusters and they, they're surrounded by like these runes or yeah. some, something is around them. But it looks like they're in a library or a school or, or something. So maybe that's just the locale as to where the game takes place. Oh, actually, yeah. it may even be a cemetery now that I'm really zooming in on it. There's trees and there's like a, a, yeah. a cast iron fence. Which is cool because, I mean, again, we're not just stuck to, you know, a limited amount of locales yeah um yeah. it's very stylized which is not a bad way to skirt around the super high detailed realism that uh like the first video game it's a little dated now but again they had to make them all look like yeah you know, the actors and all that they went for hyper realism that's a lot of work on modeling and all that sort of thing this one's stylized down a bit yeah they kind um, of remind me of the uh the wii versions of the ghostbusters video game yeah you know how they, the, they have the, like the disproportionate rob liefeld bodies where uh like the chest is huge and knees are huge but torso in between is just like a yeah. v-shape you know? yeah they're you know stylized uh, caricatured a bit um the one thing, and there's a very quick shot that I did notice, is they do the uh, the ghost slam. Oh, do there's they really? Quick, there's a quick shot of the four of them have a beam on a ghost, and they you know pick it up and slam it slam into the ground. Slam them into the ground. Well, that's cool. I mean, we've seen that in the trailer for the new movie, too, so I think that yeah. everybody's kind of picked up on that mechanic, which... 
<laughs> I bet Which, terminal reality has to feel pretty good about that. Right? Good about that. Yeah. It is a very satisfying mechanic to to, <laughs> and actually that might be where the 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 proton knuckles came from. Is yeah, it's kind of nice to you know take a punch at something that can <laughs> technically pe- fly through. Yeah, batting these ghosts around and yeah. slamming them around. Yeah. So you know it's been a long wait. The we knew about this a while back when I. I Kind of mentioned in what was it? Some trade mag had an yeah, interview. Yeah, it was with, like in a PC gaming magazine or no, something. Wasn't oh no, it? it was it was a trade magazine. Like oh, it was the, it was the licensing one. The licensing that's right. one. It was like and licensing were, magazine. Or that's something right. Because like they were interviewing Mark Kaplan, and yeah. he mentioned in it that there's a, a video game. So we've been so it did get kind of verified quickly that something was coming, but this is the first. Uh, you know, here it is. Yeah, and very um, unexpected too. It just sort of it came out on Thursday, and nobody was expecting it. There was no sort of fanfare, and no, yeah, surprise. Good, good, good surprise. Uh, yeah, credit to credit where credits due. It went up on uh, USA, USA Today. Today. Yeah. Um, the one th- well, other thing of note, other than it comes out three days before the movie, uh, so really, I'm just going to book off. <laughs> I'm going to go silent. <laughs> just take the week off. Just do and it. I'm going to take the week off, and I'm just going to sit around in my underwear. And I'll dress only to go to the cinema. And even then, maybe not. You'll be in a diabetic coma from all the Echo Cooler and Twinkies you've been eating for that entire week, too. <laughs> Small aside, somebody posted a picture that the Twinkies have shown up in Japan, of all places. Oh, boy. Interesting. Anyways, um, at the end, uh, it's three systems. It's going out on uh, uh, Xbox One, uh, PS4, and on Steam, digital download. Yeah. Which is interesting. A couple of people posited that that might mean it's not something you can go pick up off the shelf. It's going yeah, to be, it might be a marketplace game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm I'm really hoping that it's I'm hoping that it's robust enough that it does have the online co-op experience, which it seems like it will be. Because to me, that's like if you and I can hop on, Chris, and we can have some of our listeners of the CrossRip hop on with us, and we can have that night of slime again, uh, to me, that makes it worth it. If we can yeah. hang out for a half hour, even if it's just mindless dual stick you know, shooting, it yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm totally into it. Like I said, if if it has multiplayer, call it multiplayer, and if you get to personalize your character, which is what we're seeing there, which is why we're not seeing originals or uh, the new movie cast... Then it's a it's a shoe in, unless uh, provided they're not asking for an arm and a leg. And if it's digital digital download, it's probably not going to be super expensive. A midpoint maybe, thirty. Yeah, bucks, maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe. it might be in that midpoint of twenty bucks or fifteen yeah, bucks, depending or... depending on how much content they put into it, sort of thing. But that is perfectly valid price wise to then sit down with three other friends and just go nut shooting ghosts together because. For all its wonderfulness, it's the one thing um, we didn't get to do as much of uh, that we wanted in the uh, Ghostbusters the video game. There's no co-op. Yeah, I mean, that, we well, there to, was the multiplayer, and there and was it the still multiplayer running on Xbox 360 yes. for the record. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, uh, there was the multiplayer, and technically, you are you were all working together in the multiplayer, but you didn't get to go play the storyline together. Right. Right. Um. So, you know, I, whatever, it'd be nice. Like I said, as long as the thing's, you know, <laughs> sufficiently under 60, you know, the regular $60 price oh, tag. Oh, yeah, I no, I, I hope it's not the fifty nine ninety nine price <laughs> point because, jeez. <laughs> but uh, I, I think it's it's safe to assume we'll be getting more information. I think this 30-second spot was uh, 
maybe time to the Today Show when they knew that Ghostbusters was going to be trending nationwide uh, because of the the big media blitz again. So that, I think they sort of timed it to that. But yeah, well, it occurred to me that by the time this airs, um, we'll be under three months. Yeah, under three, three under ninety saw- days. I have a sneaky suspicion, uh, one way or another, Ghostbusters is just going to continually trend for the next 90 days. <sighs> We're not going to sleep at all, are we? Nope. Hey, Chris, remember when uh, Dan Castellaneta, the voice of Homer Simpson, was apparently going to be playing the voice of Slimer? Do you, do you remember that? It was, it was a while ago. That was one of those, like, yeah. hey, it's on IMDb, so it must be true kind of things. It took exactly 24 hours for him to go, um, no. No, no, not me. However. But I'd love to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'd love to. Good callback. Well done, man. Yeah, I know. Uh, but hey, so it's not Dan, it's Adam Ray, who... Adam Ray. Um, yeah, may not be a familiar name to a lot of people. He's a stand-up comedian. He does a lot of voice work. Uh, he did appear in Spy. He's the agent with the jetpack who kind of steals and the heat. show. And He's actually a Paul Feig fave. That's right. Well, he's one of a the guys... Fave. Isn't he... Uh, Paul Feig said that he found him somewhere. He was like a local actor that he hired as a bit player, and then he ended up loving him so much that now he puts him in everything. Was that... Is that Quite the possibly. same guy? It may be, because he's... Um, yeah, he actually had a fairly... Um, spy was... You know, as Jetpack Spy was a bit of a small part. Uh, Heat was quite big. He was like this the villain well not the villain he was like kind of the mid-level thug that they yeah, were it was trying like to the lackey, get to the right they were that they were trying to get to the big guy through him so uh the the club scene which right. i hadn't seen in a while right. and i watched a bit of it on youtube and i remembered <laughs> oh yeah this actually is kind of funny yeah he's, <laughs> he's a funny guy and uh I, I mean it so to me i wonder now because he's a voice actor he's a funny guy is this like is this Howie Mandel voicing uh, you know Gizmo and Gremlins where he's just going to make some grumbles and kind of do a voice or is Slimer actually going to talk? Are we going to hear actual like real Ghostbusters Slimer you know Harold Pildor that kind of stuff? Like is he going to yeah, say or, human words or even a la Rowan? Do we get to see kind of like the human oh, precursor? Maybe. Oh man, that might be with the origins of Slimer. Well, because Ooh. didn't Feig say they talked, they kind of set up the origins of him? Oh, They never said how, but... But he never said how, so maybe maybe he starts in human form as Adam Ray and then becomes Slimer. Interesting. Because yeah. he does... There's my second podcast, back. He calls out that he's the voice of Slimer. He doesn't say, I'm playing Slimer. That's true. So, I don't know. I, I mean, that's that's something... Well, that shoots down my bet. Well, but it's something to keep an eye out for. If, if we're going to see the origins of this character, or even... You know, kind of the beginnings, maybe not necessarily the origins, but uh, that, that might be It's quite possible that the bulk of it is him doing the voice for the for the CGI ghost, so he just refers to it as the role is essentially yeah. doing the voice for Slimer. There may still be slight preamble or something. Or it could be a lot like, um, there's a great behind-the-scenes feature now about how they did BB-8 in, in The Force Awakens, and it was multiple actors kind of doing intimations and setting the mood and the tone and kind of doing vocal things just to give the animators an idea of what the, what the droid would be doing or, you know, the guys that are there with the remote control, giving them some, some lines to act with. Um, so maybe this is the same thing. He's maybe was on set and he was just kind of like, and everybody had something to act with, you know? Yeah. Quite possible. So yeah. Interesting. I mean, good, good for him. I mean, Adam Ray, the voice of Slimer, that's a a big part. That's going to get him some notoriety, right? I don't, maybe, maybe it obviously brought up 
a lot of it brought off a wave of fans that haven't learned all the way back to the first movie because they said why isn't it frank welker <laughs> well because it uh, wasn't frank welker in the movie it was a it was a bear oh no, no it was a monkey right like a an angry gorilla sound or something like that in the first movie bits and pieces and some of it was ivan reitman so that's right yeah that's right so so you know yeah um, not frank welker the, not frank welker again depending on what they want this slimer to do and or be you don't necessarily want Frank Welker. Like this nostalgia thing kind of trumps logic sometimes, which kind of bugs me because depending on what you're doing with a particular thing, you can't automatically just jam in the thing that we love from our childhood. Yeah. As much as I love Frank Welker. And let's be honest here. Frank Welker is a lovely guy. He doesn't need the work. Like he's doing (laughs) a okay. Frank Welker's doing all right. (laughs) He's doing all right. Yeah. (laughs) Frankie, you, you got to call. Uh, somebody needs you to be an ant. I'm there. All right, I'm there. Oh, we need a dog um, bark. I'm there. I'll be there in five minutes. Yeah. And Reitman is there. So, I mean, yeah. really at the end of the day, if he wanted to. And, you know, we and I got a chance to meet him. Again, that's a guy that he's got better things to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Like, so. He's got a lot on his plate right now. but uh, Right now, it's mostly the Ghostbusters franchise, and I'm happy to leave him to that. Yes, please do. Please do, Mr. Reitman. This is great. Um, hey, but okay, so also speaking of people who want to be involved, but maybe not necessarily are, uh, poor Ray Parker Jr. He was out getting some Chinese food at Mr. Chow's. It's a Chinese restaurant oh, yeah. that's here in Beverly Hills. and uh, Isn't it referenced in... Um, no. I thought it was referenced in Werewolves of London, but that makes no sense. Oh, no, no, it, it is not. I mean, you, you've you seen Mr. Chow's in countless TV shows and films. But, Probably. Uh, but so anyway, so those uh, those scoop reporters at TMZ um, got Mr. Parker Jr. <laughs> while he was waiting for his car at the valet. You know, it's the best place and time to interview people, obviously. Uh, and he, he was really nice about it. And there were people, he was with friends. I'm sure he was having lunch with some friends. There were people around him that were kind of laughing it off and... So, uh, you know, he makes it, he makes a joke. He makes a joke. That's probably funny to all of us listening to a Ghostbusters podcast, but not necessarily to TMZ who thought, Oh, that was so petty. I can't believe he said that to try to make something out of nothing. But yeah, so here's, here's Ray Parker Jr. In his quote unquote interview with TMZ. The new Ghostbusters movie is going to be coming out soon. Are they going to use your music or any form of it or like what's the I, deal? I don't, with you know, to be honest with you, I don't know anything about it. They don't know who to call. They, <laughs> they haven't called you. I'll tell you the truth, they don't know who to call. Are you even going to get an invite to the premiere? I Probably mean, like, not. What's going no on? No one's that? called me yet. I don't know. I mean, it's not too late. We got a couple more months, but I ain't heard from nobody. You're not going to reach out to them. Am I going to call them? Yeah. That's like a girl. You're going to wake. You know, am I going to call you know a girl and beg her to go? What's happening? <laughs> Are you going to see it now? Am I going to see it? Yeah. Yeah, I'll go buy a ticket, take my kids out, and go look at it, I guess. Really? Yeah, yeah. Would it just be better if they put your music in there, too? I think so, too. Yeah. Would you please tell them that? I was surprised. Yes. Were you a little bummed out that, you know, they didn't reach out to you? No, I'm okay. You're good? You can I'm happy. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I got the brains, you got the looks. Thanks, mate. What's in front Let's talk about Ghostbusters 2, the board game. This is, again, Cryptozoic Kickstarter phenomenon. Yeah. How? I I, mean, I think they may have set a record. Half a million dollars in one day? 
how how are they they have hit some sort of a sweet spot where they know exactly how to run a Kickstarter campaign. They know exactly what the people want. It's insane. <laughs> yes. It's called license Ghostbusters and get damned to do art. Yes. It's not it's not exactly rocket. Well, it's that's the, it's not, a good I'm not belittling them at all. No. Yes. And that's the other thing that needs to be pointed out. The first one made its stretch goals. It wasn't a runaway. Like, it did take a few days to build up and get there um, over the month that they ran it. Uh, because there was some initial, what is it? What type of game? Yeah, it's a board I mean, yeah, game. Yeah, like Ghostbusters. Okay. Board, what? Yeah. Now that that game's out and in everybody's hands, the minute they announced this one, yeah, it, it what was it, in less than It was less half than a day? Yeah, they made their goal within, like, the first few hours. It was ridiculous. It's, yeah. So, just, just crazy things. And I mean, and they're still like three weeks. Later. I know, and they're still going. It's, it's to the point where everybody now knows that they have these great, incredible stretch goals. I think that when it went up, they did their 24-hour early bird special, and everybody automatically adopted it <laughs> because I think yeah. you know that those stretch goals are going to pop up, and you're going to get a really good value if you, if you get in on the ground floor at the what, $125 level. It was like 115 was the early bird special. Um, and you yeah, get everything. For the you first, get all of yeah, for the first, first 24 hours, they made it, whatever it was, 10 bucks less or whatever, which I happily hopped into. And let's just say, as much as I love the add-ons for the first one, which is a lot of extra characters and tiles and scenarios and stuff like that, oh, the add-ons on this one. So good. I, I mean, what, oh. what have been some of your favorites that they've popped up? I'm, for me, it's the Extreme Ghostbusters. We've got Garrett and Roland. And now there's yeah, a Roy Lance guy that's coming out. They're gonna fill out the Extreme Ghostbusters team. That's a, that's awesome. Yes, yes. Um, and that's a, those are stretch goals. So I mean, I'm just sitting around counting the days. I'm getting them one way or another. But they have these add-ons where you just buy extra stuff to go with it. And the two notables is uh, pitcher base, like a Throne of Skulls frame base for the Vigo. Yeah, yeah. Figure, awesome. Uh, and then the other one is um, the castle, the collapsible castle. Not the castle, oh. the fire hall. They used the castle as an example of how it builds together. Right, right. But it's a fire hall. It's a dice tower. It's for when it's time to roll the dice. That's a big thing uh, for people to play a lot of board games rather than your dice, especially ones with figure like pieces and stuff like that. You can't go <laughs> rolling it everywhere no. and hit stuff. So they have these dice towers, which you know it it, it rattles down two or three little uh, platforms inside this little uh, wooden, I'm assuming it's wooden, uh, tower, and then spits out the bottom. Into a little into a pit, little tray. right? Yeah, yeah, okay. And this one, it's a no-brainer because some fan made one for Cryptozoic when they went to uh, uh, it was Gen, Gen Con? Con? Yeah, was, the one yeah, that was Gen the Con ghost was the big trap? gaming one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the ghost trap one. And they went, yes, Dice Towers, do that. Um <laughs> So I immediately put myself down for those. Yeah. I've got another one too, and what was it? It wasn't the Roy Lance Guide, because that's, again, another... That's a stretch goal. Yeah, the, that's a stretch. They're doing the same things that they did last time with the paintable figures. They had the Vigo figure. Um, there was... Uh, oh, it's the Statue... There's another Statue of Liberty figure. Statue of Liberty, yes. Um, <laughs> it's, again, it's just... It's so... I mean, because on, on previous podcasts, we've talked about how the game mechanics are going to be changed with the Ghostbusters too, because you've got the slime blowers and, and all of that stuff, but yeah, they are... Okay, here's the... As the time of this recording, uh, funded in two hours. In two hours. 
Uh, we're now at the time of this recording, so 25. So what is that? Five. When did they launch? Monday? Yeah, so it, it went out Monday. Days. Yeah, so this is three so days it's not, in. So it's not 30 days. In three days, they are at 203%. 203%. 203%. That, I mean, I, we're going to go live now with. to Cryptozoic headquarters where they are in a conga line with champagne <laughs> bottles going, da, 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 hey. Yeah, exactly. We got lots of money. We got <laughs> some money. Oh man, I mean, it's, it's. I, I can't. Wait. I mean, again, now I want to break out the first board game because it's been a while, but I can't wait for this game now to come and just keep keep playing with all of this stuff. It's uh, yeah, they got a couple of amazing perks this time too. So they have a couple of thousand plus ones that are things like uh, one is get yourself made into a character. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it's actually very, very clever because what they've done is, is like, yes, uh, uh, Mateo will, um, help design your card. Uh, and Dan and will Dan, draw Dan you. Dan will draw you. So you, yeah. you'll, you'll have your card. Uh, then yeah, the sculptor will sculpt it. Uh, but what they'll do is they'll give you the object or STL file. You can then go to like, um. Oh, you have to print it yourself. Print it yourself, Aha. but you get you get your own figure, right? So I'm like, ah, that's kind of cool. And then the other one is design your own ghost, uh, which is pretty cool. Again, but you work it out like what you want it to be. Dan will kind of concept it out, and then Mateo will help you know build up its its stats and card and all that. And same deal. Uh, I think if somebody takes that one, I don't know if it goes into production or if it's a stretch goal. If they're if they're smart, they'll make it a stretch goal where somebody will get the special one, and then they'll they'll pay for Shapeways to spit out the gold one for the person <laughs> who paid for it. But then as a stretch goal, everybody else gets a little uh, figure of it. Yeah, just a little guy. Yeah. Hello, uh, Crossrip. This is Joe Tank Riccadelli from the Atlanta Ghostbusters calling you again. And you asked people to call in for what people thought would be uh, an entertaining board game uh, to reskin with a Ghostbusters license. And I don't know if you or any of the listeners, uh, fellow listeners, have uh, ever seen or played this game as a kid. Uh, there was a game that I, I owned called Midnight Party, and I saw it uh, rebranded uh, later on in my teens as Ghost Party, because it's a little more straightforward. And it was uh, sort of a clue-looking top-down board that had a mansion, and then you would have your party guests that you would have to hide in different rooms. Um, and you'd have to get the party guests to the room of their color, I think. it was I forget exactly what the rules were, but each room had a colored border. And then there was a ghost. Uh, you would travel clockwise, I think, Oh, I remember now. So you would travel clockwise, and then the ghost would travel counterclockwise, or vice versa. Um, and you could hide in certain rooms, um, but the first person to get all of their guests all the way around the uh, around the mansion to the stairs uh, and get them out of the house won. So that could probably easily be reskinned. There's a ghost. You could make that slimer. You can make that stay puffed, whatever you wanted. Uh, you could have players be... Uh, you know, Ghostbusters prowling civilians or whoever, however you wanted to do it. But that was a fun game. Uh, anyway, that's my answer. And uh, have a good one. See you on the other side. Hey, Troy and Chris. This is uh, Christopher Williams, otherwise known as CD underscore Williams. 83 on Twitter, or that guy does way too many Zuby videos. 
uh, I just had a, I just finished listening to the podcast and had an idea for uh, one of the board games with a Ghostbusters twist that you mentioned. I think it would be a really uh, interesting idea to make a Ghostbusters operation game. And they've done it with plenty, like SpongeBob and the Minions and such. And uh, have a Slimer, and where you're just picking out pieces of food that he's eating out of his body. So that'd be interesting. I'm sure we'll probably see something similar somewhere down the, the road soon with everything coming to a head with the new movie. Anyway, love the new uh, episode. Love the podcast as usual. Uh, see you on the other side, guys. Hey, Troy. Hey, Chris. It's Rob from New York just saying hello. And I just watched the first two movies back-to-back. I've never really done it like that. But I watched them again for the first time. It feels like for years. And I don't understand why people hate the second movie. Like, it's so much fun. I never really realized that. I used to watch it a lot as a kid, but the second movie's so much fun. The action's still there. The comedy's always... It never left. So I don't understand why people hate the second movie so much. I mean, come on. As the Statue of Liberty and Bobby Brown all in the same time? Like, people need to take a bath in the nice, cool, warm ooze and mellow out. Just wanted to say it. Thanks, guys. See you later. The hits just keep on coming, Chris. This is the longest episode in CrossRip history, 24 hours long. We now go into our 25th hour for now, Courage. No, uh, this this is a super packed episode, and I think it's just the first of many to come. But we have to talk about Inovos because it's something that we missed, and I'm glad that GB fans picked up on it. Because uh, I, I thought nothing really came out of WonderCon, but nope, Anovos actually showed off their entire Proton Pack kit that they've got coming out soon. It was a banner, so it wasn't the actual like prototype, but it was a, a photo of, of the prototype. And they didn't give any other further details in terms of pricing or release dates, but yeah, the, the full Proton Pack coming from Anovos, so that's, that's super cool. Um, and then I also wanted to talk about... Um, well, let's let's get scientific for a little bit here, Chris. Um, you sure you uh, you had a little. I got bored. <laughs> I was gonna say you had a little time on your hands, didn't you? It was procrastination. Should I do work today or should I do this thing? Nah, nah. Well, tell tell the uh, the listening audience what, what you ended up doing for a few hours the other day. It was just one of those things where little pieces uh, of information kick around your brain and then slam together at some point, and you have a shower thought. Because um, a few weeks back, somebody had asked about, is that really the size of her head, the Statue of Liberty? And I went and had a look, and there's a nice photo of the park rangers standing next to him. And it turns out it's close, but they've upscaled her head a bit. So they, like the, win- the, the, the viewing, quote, unquote, slots or windows in her, her tiara are... A little smaller in real life, mm-hmm. but you know it's a movie, so yeah. They need each hero shot. Each, they need all four of the heroes to be in their own. Yeah, window. they need to frame yeah. it a bit better. So they made it a little oversized, but you know, close enough for for you know nukes and horseshoes. Um, but then it started occurring to me, like, because I, I again, I have no idea where I stumbled on it, but it was like, you know, what's the what's the depth of the Hudson River? And it's very easy. We know how tall she is, uh, 112 feet from the tip of her toes to the top of the tiara. And um, I, it didn't take long to find a couple of maps showing the depths of the, which is very variable. She's got a very weird uh, 
a very weird path to get to the uh, off of uh, Liberty Island <laughs> yeah. to little, Battery little Park. Little rocky path in that uh, river, yeah. But it's not it's not that hard. Like usually, where there's an island, you know, it's not that the water's not that deep, easy enough for her to. Like, we'll get to this in a second here, but uh, she gets into the water. It's, you know, average is five to 10 feet. The deepest it gets is 65 feet, mm. not for very long. The average, I think, is closer to around 50 in the, you know, the middle parts. And then up to, you know, four or whatever. If it's low tide, a couple places uh, along the pier and closer to, to Battery Park, it's like nothing. Like, there's a little bit of pier or beach showing, and you can just sort of step up. Um, so wait, so did and you, then, you had like a topographical map that you charted yeah, out just, her course on I just on worked here? it out. I just worked it out. If she's 112 feet from toes <laughs> to tiara, but the deepest is 65, you know, it's kind of just up past her waist. It's not, and the, the, the but the famous shot is like, it's up to just the bridge of her nose. Yeah. And um, with the arm and the torch sticking out and sticking yeah, out, I mean, that's, right. that's an iconic shot right there. Yeah. It looks really good. And I, but like I said, part of me was like, but that's not real, is it? And this is where some part of my brain goes, none of it's real, dummy. (laughs) Like, just start thinking about it. So, A, she's standing on a major, like, plinth that itself is like 100 or so feet tall or something. Yeah, that's – how did it get down? How does she get down from that? So let's assume she gets down from that and she can step in and out of the water and she doesn't trip along the bottom. Uh, Then – a couple of people pointed out maybe it's because she sinks in the mud. It's like, that's like 30 feet. If she sunk 30 feet in the mud, she's not walking <laughs> anywhere. And Vigo wins the day. Um, but let's just, like I said, but most likely it's river, uh, silt and sand and, uh, clay. So maybe she sinks a bit, but again, not 30 feet. That's so it really doesn't change matters. Then somebody else pointed, right? Yeah. Wouldn't it wash away all the, the, the slime? I'm like, well, if the water gets inside, it would wash it away. And then part of me goes, but in order to not get inside, she has to be watertight. If she's watertight, she's just going to bob up and fall over. Yeah, wait, then she floats at that. Even though she's <laughs> she floats, solid she just iron. Back, she back paddles. To, well, chips are solid iron, so that's well, not a, that's, that's okay, not a big that's deal. True. Right? It's, it, it, Archimedes is so disappointed in you right so, now. So, well, wait, so, but, so if the Statue she, of Liberty <laughs> cannonballs off of the... <laughs> Off the, off the thing, into the water, uh, <laughs> backstrokes to Battery Park. Then you have to take into account that she gets out at Battery Park and the Maritime, not the Maritime, is it the Maritime Museum? What the hell is it called? The Customs House? Yes, it's the Customs House building. It's an old classic New York uh, building that stood in for the New York Museum of Art or whatever. It's four blocks away from Battery Park. Like literally she could be there in a second. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the movie, we see him or her, the, the bunch of them tromp past Trump Tower. It's several blocks away. Like she, like the, she parades. Yeah. So she took a little detour. She had to stop <laughs> she, for a slice. It's New York after she, all. You got to stop the ramen at Aputo. You got to get a up, slice. Then, up Broadway, down Wall Street, yeah, back you know. down again. Like it's just. You got to go check it, out Fifth Avenue. It's got, I mean, you have to. So it's one of those things that don't dig. Uh, I remember somebody uh, was talking to um, Frank Darabont, I think, and they were chatting about movies and uh, somebody pointed it, I think it was comedian Dana Gould, and he was like, yeah, do you realize that if Indiana Jones did nothing, Raiders of the Lost Ark turns out the exact same way? Yeah. 
and Frank Darabont's like, you just, no, you just don't look at stuff that you hard. You can't look at it that way. That's, yeah, <laughs> somebody mentioned that to me the so, other day and my mind was blown. I had, I thought about it and yeah, if Indiana Jones does nothing. The Nazis still get still melted. still get melted. <laughs> right? So, so. Yeah. The only thing that may be different is that uh, possibly uh, uh, Karen Allen uh, uh, dies from dehydration tied to a pole in the middle of the Mediterranean or wherever she's at there. I guess that's true, but then maybe she's never even involved. She gives the staff to them at the bar and then they're done. Fantastic. That's true. They the you know, beat it out or take it. Yeah, exactly. Nothing happens. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, it's a, so enjoy at the, end of the, the day, movie. Like I said, it's a wonderful thing. Like this is the kind of thing that happens the more you look at the movies. And for those of us who love the movies this much, we're well beyond <laughs> – we love the movie at so many different levels. It's not even funny. And one of them is like just digging deep into the facts and details. And that's just one of them where I was kind of like, that doesn't make much sense. Like, <laughs> just, uh, just don't fight it, Chris. Just don't fight it. It's okay. Yeah, that's, before, that's even before you get to, and then how did they put her back? Right? Like, yeah, you know, how does the metal move? Although, how is this working? Wasn't that, I think that was a joke in one of the pre-production screenplays at one point. Like Libby is laying by the museum and they all look at it and go, uh, oh, how yeah. do we get it back? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, Hey, uh, to, I thought it was interesting. You've got the infographic to anybody who hasn't seen it, go to proton charging's Facebook and you can see where the water line actually goes up to on Libby and, Again, don't don't think too much of it, but it's one of those funny things that if you throw to the Mythbusters, you go, yeah, that's a myth, but whatever. So uh, one last thing, Troy, we've seen all this cool stuff is, you know, Toys R Us bound or your local comic shop yes, bound. Yes, yes. You know, uh, got 20 bucks, you can probably pick up most of the stuff you're looking at. I mean, not all of it together. I mean, you could pick one and well, pick it up for, for 20, 20 bucks. bucks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Probably not the pack, but... Uh, Boy, if, if everything was 20 bucks, <laughs> sold. But just like the uh, one-quarter-sized uh, uh, Venkman <laughs> statue to, uh, to build yep. your very own Bill Murray shrine or... Uh, the life-size no, Slimer. Life-size life yeah. Slimers or Novos's, you know, Super Packs, all this stuff. Uh, we finally got details on Inside Edition's uh, collector's edition of the visual history. Right. This this sort of disappeared. It kind of fell off the radar, and it I wondered what happened did. to it. It showed up at, what was it, San Diego Comic-Con, and I think a little bit at maybe the New York Toy Fair. I can't remember. Because uh, the book was about to come out like a couple weeks later, especially after New York. The book was coming out a couple weeks later, uh, and author Dan Wallace was there, and Oh, I have to go check eBay because they were giving out book bags and I didn't find mine yet. Oh, Anyways, um, no. they were signing them and all this great stuff. Um, and they were showing off both at San Diego Comic-Con and the, the, the Toy Fair, this collector's edition, which was the book, which we'd seen lots of and it looked great, and a temple door. Right, right. They had it. it was like the prototype of the temple door, and it looked huge. It looked like it was twice the size of the book. It was right? big, right? Like it's it was just crazy, and it looked awesome. And everybody was like, "Details? I don't have details." Dan, do you have details yet? I don't have details. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, I got and, and like you said, it went dormant. Like it just because they then the book came out, and they they focused heavy on selling it. And I mean, it's a you know I talked about it. It's a fantastic book, so everybody. Everybody loved it and was super happy with it. And then, um, oh, what are they called there? It's one of the online retailers, and I don't have it in front of me. 
I'm sure others will follow, but they posted a listing for it. And boy, oh boy, does the story get even better. Yeah. What? So I, cause I haven't had a chance to see this. What, what happened? What is it? Okay. Well, uh, good news or bad news? Um, hit me with the good news first. Okay. So the good news is, is Temple Door and the book. Right. Uh, right. the Temple Door looks, you know, case, whatever it is. Uh, Inside Edition did the Star Wars, uh, the character books like Sith and Jedi. Yeah, they came in those like tome kind of things. Yeah, the mechanized holders that were crazy. Uh, this one, if I understand correctly, because I think that was one of the things Dan did know that it wasn't super mechanized or anything, but it is, for all intents and purposes, an elaborate, an elaborate holding device for your book, which already in, on its own is a big thing. So that's cool. Um, but, um, and we got the whole bunch of pictures popped up for it. It comes with blueprints of what? the rooftop temple. No, like yeah. the, like John DeCure, like pr- production designer blueprints or like They're not a, close something enough new. to see. It kind of looks like that. It doesn't really look like the ones they took the to jail in the movie. Oh. Uh, but there's like three or four sheets. Uh, judging by the size of the book, it's not even like a full blueprint size, but okay. you know, it's yeah, bigger than the book. That's still, that's to pretty be. cool. Yeah. So the book itself, which is already crammed with these little, you know, interactive, what do you want to call them? Bonus materials? Like I don't. Yeah. You know, like, like the, the little pam- pamphlets. I don't know what to, yeah. Pamphlets, like certificates. Uh, yeah. Stickers. Uh, and there was like animation the, cells. Yeah. The the survey that all of the people in the test audience took that you could pull out and, and take a look at. Uh, although, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't expect it, but it turns out this collector's edition comes with even more. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, all right. So you said there was bad news. What's the bad news? Uh, it costs three hundred bucks. Oh, oh. Yeah. well, yeah. okay. It makes sense because those temple doors—they looked pretty. I mean, they looked like the actual models, like they were pulled from the models that they used or something. Yeah, they looked pretty, it's pretty, pretty substantial. So, so you're basically so, you're paying for that plus the book plus all the goodies. That's that's you know for three hundred bucks. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, well, now I now I understand yeah. why you grouped it in with the life size Slimer. But. Exactly. Well, the book itself is what fifty ish. Yeah, the, it was like fifty so, something. There's some of the price right there. Then they put in these blueprints, you know, that adds to the price and, you know, a value a bit. Uh, the doors, though, like the temple doors, and added to the fact that this is a collector's edition, meaning right. they're not Limited. making a lot of these. Limited. I don't have numbers. I haven't seen yeah. numbers yet, but I'm trying to remember. Some part of my brain is like, somebody mentioned it to you. I, and I can't remember if Dan mentioned it to us or something, Dan Wallace. Yeah, maybe. I mean, to me it was, it, uh, and apologies to Dan, because I, I should have kept a closer eye on it, but it, to me it was like the the Stern pinball machines. I figured the collector's editions were just gone, you know, that they made like 20 of them and I never yeah. saw it. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I suspect this, you know, falls into the no more than a thousand kind of category for that for that level of price. That's a guess, but uh, that's what I'm betting is they decided to make, you know, a limited amount of these that ups the price point because, of course, you're not getting like the the mass manufacturing uh, discount, the wholesale discount production wise. Um, I don't know. It's very tempting. Yeah, you you might do it. I hear it in your voice. I hear it. Well, maybe I'll just take uh, some of the cool doubles and extras of the cards I collect. (laughs) Sell them on eBay. <laughs> there you go. Sell, sell the cards and, and make that profit, and then you can get the collector's edition. See? Yes. It's great. Honey, I can't go to work for the next year. I have to devote myself to being a Ghostbusters collectible broker. 
to fund my addiction. If there's a steady paycheck in it, I'll believe anything you say. We have to talk about the Largo Ghostbusters. Did you see this, the news item that was on WTSP 10 that kind of went and made the rounds? Yeah, I did, actually. It's been a, with the new movie and all that, it's been a bit of a dry spell of like fan franchise yeah fan franchises doing some some great charity work and uh you know they're getting some notice because they're going around and making a a few kids' days showing up in their ectomobile and dressed up in their costumes and um yeah they were averaging i read the the article that went with it and they were averaging like three to five grand a year over the last few years yeah that's great i mean that's that's great charity work and i think that speaks worlds for all of the stuff that the franchises out there do and you know the the little difference that you're able to make, you're able to do it, and so good on you guys. Keep keep doing it. So keep doing it, and actually let us know. Like it's the summertime, which means there's a lot more outings and stuff going on, and the movies are becoming up. So if you're going to be out and about someplace, particularly if you're going to be raising money for your local charities, let us yes, know please. so we can kind of then spread the word. That tell us ahead of time. We record on Wednesdays, and stuff goes up on Monday. So depending on when your thing is, let us know well enough ahead of time that. You know, it's useful for us to report, but yeah, tell actually, us. you know what? Do it anyways, because we have our social media. We can put it up there. Exactly. Too. Please, please, please. If you are running events or if you're doing a fundraiser or you're in a marathon and you're raising money for something, please let us know so that we can uh, help boost your signal. So here's here's a little bit from that news item and, uh, you know, a hat, hat tip to the Largo Ghostbusters and the Raleigh's for what they're doing. Jason Raleigh pulled up to the parking lot attendant at Disney World and was told his car was cool enough to get him free parking. He knew his ride was special, but it's what he's doing with it that truly makes a difference. 10 News reporter Bobby Lewis is on the road in a car kids in the 80s dreamed about. Oh, they're used to it. When we moved in, these neighbors were like, they came over immediately to meet us and, oh, she's a teacher (laughs) and she's a fitness instructor. And I say, and then now you have Ghostbusters. And they're like, now we have Ghostbusters. We're complete. From the costumes to the wheels. Not exactly the same as the Ectomobile from the Ghostbusters movie, but Jason and Don Raleigh's version still turns heads in Largo. As you can see the thought process in their head of where they're going, did I just see what I think I saw? My wife has been pulled over for speeding and the first thing he said was, awesome car. (laughs) It also has the logos, lights, and a mission. One that came from a personal sharp left turn 10 years ago. June 29th of 2005, I was diagnosed with acute promyelocytic leukemia. I realized that research is where it's at and I needed to find out who was at the forefront for research and how can I support them. That's where the Ectomobile plays a starring role. The Raleigh's have pulled their modified ride into dozens of charity events to raise money for causes like the American Cancer Society and All Children's Hospital. In 2014, the car helped them raise over $4,400, and last year, over $7,500 for local charities. We saw how the money that goes into cancer research made a big difference in her treatment, so it gave us a cause. I am proud to be a Ghostbuster. You never thought you'd say that, did you? No, that was not my childhood. (laughs) Yeah, Ghostbusters! But it is her car. On the road in Largo, I'm Bobby Lewis, 10 News. WTSP. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, 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 go stoppers. I'm sorry, we'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. 
who also have a Facebook page Two. and Twitter accounts. Friend is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. I will say right now, Troy... With the ghost heads coming out, I think actually we may see more and more fan franchises soon enough. Uh, actually, with the movie itself, too. So between ghost heads, which will alert the world that there are fans with proton packs and ectos <laughs> in their town, and then the new movie coming out, I think we're going to... I think... Let's put it this way. If every fan franchise in the world doesn't get at least a couple of clippings to you know hang up on their wall by the end of the year... Um, yeah, something may have been uh, an opportunity may have been missed somewhere. Yeah, I feel like that's that's a it's a pretty safe bet. I also have a, a pretty solid feeling that Ghost Core is going to need a bigger wall for all those patches uh, come, <laughs> come that time because there's going to be so many franchises with so many there, patches yeah. and they're going to run out of space really quick. Well, I did the math. I, there's like four display cases and that's maybe a quarter of the franchises I've tracked on yeah, and they're already the map full. on Protocharge, and that's not a complete list. I'm still tripping over, like, people follow me, like, groups follow me on Twitter, and I'm like, who are you, and where did you come from? <laughs> and when are you making patches? Because Ghost Core really wants Yeah, one. get those patches to them so that they can, can officially recognize you, and uh... I'll tell people right now, I don't know about various other places, but I know there's a couple of people on, um, on Etsy, particularly uh, Katara, Katara Eight. Oh like yeah, Katara, who does all of the custom name patches and all that kind of she stuff. She does yeah. custom name patches, and she, she was one of the first places to start. Once groups started making mass amounts of them, some of them turned to like uh, um, different manufacturers and all that. But a lot of people still just get her to do them because there are some people out there that uh, have the new gen. Uh, sewing machines in which you uh, they just the, the machine it's insane I've seen one of them the machine scans a photo that you put in front of it like a picture turns it into stitch count etc and the colors and all that wow. and then you just did so uh, I think last time I talked to her like to pro like to scan prep and like do the basics to get it ready to go she charges 50 bucks and what? then it's like 8 to 10 bucks a patch after that that's, I mean, so that's the next end, to nothing, really. Well, here's the deal. If, is it worth 50 bucks for that one to be on the wall at Ghost Core? And I think the answer for a lot of people might be, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. literally it's just you know, 10, 20, 30 bucks to get a few more for your, your own suits and all that. So really, if you've got a franchise and you've got a logo... Yeah, Go do it. it. Absolutely, do it. Um, hell, hell, they're open up for everything. Uh, Chagrin, do you recognize oh, yeah. the name Chagrin? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, who put together a bunch of Ghostbusters themed shows and all that. He did uh, for uh, the show uh, last year, year before, which was done in honor of Michael C. Gross, where artists did their take on the logo. He did a really cool, like, kind of, you know, 
I keep I keep on, I call it the keep on trucking like that that walking <laughs> along pose right. of the no right. ghost and it's beautiful. He had a patch made and he got to go visit and they put it in the collection. So really, it's not just a franchise thing. They want. Uh, they want logo. Yeah, art. tribute to that to that logo. I mean, that was the best part of the Ghostbusters video game to me was all of those uh, those achievements with all of the different no ghosts that you could get. Oh, I know. Oh, those are so there's a couple good. Of those, there's a couple of those actually. I should. I really kind of want to steal them. Yeah. There are. All right. Okay. Here we go. Ah, shoot. Damn you! Uh, I don't see. have a lot of money. I need to. <laughs> I got blind box miniatures that I need to spend money on, and at least two boxes of Cryptozoic trading cards I need to buy. I don't have extra money there, Troy, but I know for a fact there's a bunch of sites that track the achievements of games, and they somehow pull the files out of the the system somehow, and so they're not super high res, but they're at their best resolution enough that I think a person could take the ones they like and maybe do a little cleanup. And and give that to Katara, and there you go. Get it made. Oh, huh? cool. Well, uh, we got we got a long episode behind us here, Chris. Do you have any? Okay. Do you have any final We've thoughts looking in the rearview mirror here of it? Yeah, you didn't ask me what I was drinking. Oh my god, I'm, there was so much. I was so excited to get into everything. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask you. I uh, made my uh, golden Cadillac. You did. Did you variant. tweak the recipe and and how did it turn I did. out? So, you get yourself. Well, here, let's just start for scratch for people who haven't heard the Golden Cadillac. So Golden Cadillac is an ounce of a heavy cream uh, milk, like a half and half or, uh, boy, depends on how rich you like it, I guess. But let's say half and half. Uh, An ounce of creme de cacao. 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 Dapper Dan likes cacao. Creme de cacao. Cacao. Uh, And uh, uh, two ounces. This is Bill Murray's version of the recipe two ounces of Galliano, which is a vanilla drink. And it also has the coloring that it makes it this warmer, yellowy color. Hence a, a golden Cadillac. But you, you tried Hence it before Cadillac. you said it was I really sweet. I tried it and sweet. I didn't like it. It was yeah. super sweet. Uh, I looked at other recipes that kind of bring the, the Galliano down and the cream up, and which might help and all that. Um, but the other thing is, too, is that you're supposed to like mix it cold with ice and all, like in a shaker. And the trick is, is that just solidifies some of the the milk fat, mm. so you have this flex in it. That I was like, there might be some refinement that I'm kind of missing. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like. Rrr. So what I did is, go get yourself some chocolate milk. Chocolate milk tends to come in one to two percent, so not heavy cream. Uh, leave out the creme de cacao because you don't need it. It's a chocolate creme de cacao. You got chocolate milk, but. Uh, take uh, your ounce or so or whatever of Galliano for the vanilla and then because you need cold and you need a little bit more alcohol get yourself chilled in the freezer uh, vodka let's say crystal uh-huh, head vodka uh-huh. I mix that together in the mixer and that see the thing about alcohol is that it just takes in the cold but doesn't freeze right which is beautiful so you don't have to put in ice cubes there's no milk solids. You put it in there, it just ah chills Ooh. it. It is beautiful, and it's not as sweet anymore. It sounds like you don't not have not as sweet. Yep. And, and the other thing, you can kind of mix it. The more you mix, you can like if you're like oh too sweet, uh, you can always put in a little bit more chocolate milk, which itself is sweet, but it kind of offsets the real heavy sweet of the Galliano. So all right, so but it has like a brown color now to it, right? It has a brown color. Oh, ah, yeah. okay. So so have you come up with a name for it now that it's a different color? It's a totally different drink. Uh, I'm calling it the 4800. <laughs> Everybody Only? can relax. I, I've got the drink. 
So it, so it looks like the beater Ecto when it shows up. It's the rusty Ecto one. <laughs> well, oh, I, I, I could call it a rusty Cadillac, I guess, but I wanted something a bit more no, ghostbuster. That, that sounds hor- That sounds like something with no, no. The rusty you, Cadillac. You can also yeah. call it. You can also call it the only forty-eight hundred. So somebody, somebody asks you, "Can I get you something?" You go only forty-eight hundred. Only a forty-eight hundred. Yeah. Only forty-eight hundred. Forty-eight hundred. What? <laughs> have a seat. Grab a pen. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, there so that's, that's what I've been drinking away here. Well, it is quite good. Again, it still sits in the the, the mudslide, clue, and milk kind of area. It's an after-dinner aperitif. Yeah, there's a beverage here, man. Mm. You know what goes good with a beverage? A rug to tie the room together. <laughs> Guys, are you listening to me? That rug. Just saying. Throwing that you out. Have a, you have a final thought now. You want the rug. Give me the rug. Just give me the rug. It's just going to sit you in want- storage. Come on. <laughs> okay, do you want a little stat though before we go? Uh, about rugs? I, yeah. I looked no no about uh, kickstarting board games. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Exploding kittens by the oatmeal guy? Yes. Uh eight and a half million. Eight and a half million? Eight and a half million. Do you do you foresee Ghostbusters 2 breaking that? No. Eight and and actually I looked at the ones underneath it and there's some solid games in there. I got five or six down and they were still clocking in three. I think they've got a real good shot of maybe hitting two because wasn't that weren't they pretty close to it last they were, time? They hit one point five. If I remember. it was like one point five and change last time. I think if they're still if they maintain their cleverness and people like the stretch goal stuff and all that, I think they might hit two, wow. which will put them probably in the top twenty. That's it has to be. Kickst- yeah, Kickstarter uh, records. Wow. All right. Well, which is yeah, more power to them. Yeah, we gotta keep watch to see if they hit those those ceilings jeez i bought one i can buy no more <laughs> that's all i got that's all i got guys i can buy no more well um hey uh grab those 4800s uh enjoy life because it's a good time to be a ghostbusters fan and uh yeah join us next week because i have a feeling it's gonna be an even longer episode i have a feeling there's gonna be even more to talk about <laughs> probably it's crazy so uh we'll see you guys all next week and uh enjoy your 4800s see you on the other side Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional CrossRip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. They used to be one of my two favorite shows. Oh, you're kidding me. Oh, great. What was the other one? Fastmaster. Everything you're doing is bad. I want you to know this. Next week, though, Careless Pets. Weird. Zack Ryder, you was robbed.